Oh, what is up? Glad to have you here with us. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. BJ Bennett, Ben Troop here with you today, and we have a busy show, a lot to get to. We're obviously going to reflect, uh, needless to say, on what was an incredible football weekend and something I'm excited about. Ben, you and I have an argument to start the show, so we're a couple of seconds away from that. I can't wait to hear you try to defend this NFL overtime rule, but we'll get into that in just a second. Tweet at us at Pigskin Radio, share your thoughts, but. Today on the show, uh, Georgia Tech head baseball coach Danny Hall. We'll chat with him. He's entering his 29th season as the head coach of the Yellow Jackets. The college baseball season a couple of weeks away from getting started. Georgia Tech in the preseason top 15. So we'll chat some uh, college base- baseball with Coach Hall. Also, uh, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News will join us. He has his latest mock draft out. Has the Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson at number one overall. Has the Falcons taking Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame at number eight overall. So we'll chat uh, with Vinny about that. Also, Drew DeArmond, 97.7 ESPN Radio, Tennessee Valley, and TiterInsider.com will join us as George's Jermaine Burton has transferred to Alabama. So a lot to get to. Again, tweet at us, at Pigskin Radio. Glad to have you along. And, Ben, plenty to talk about uh, as it pertains to the National Football League. What a weekend. The divisional playoffs were absolutely extraordinary. I know disappointment for you, the Tennessee Titans losing at the end, but every game a thriller, every game special teams, interestingly enough, played a leading role, every game coming down to the finish, and the talk around the NFL right now is, okay, Kansas City-Buffalo was awesome, and it was. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, that finish, I mean, the last five minutes of that game, I don't know that I've seen much like that. Uh, Ben, I will let you have the floor first here, but for me, Watching that game, and I understand that Buffalo could have held Kansas City to a field goal or could have forced a punt, but the fact that Buffalo did not get the ball in overtime, Josh Allen did not get to touch the ball, and the reason Buffalo did not get the ball and Kansas City did was because of a coin flip. The fact that an AFC divisional playoff game and a trip to the AFC championship game decided at the very least which offense got to go on the field uh, that a coin flip was the deciding factor, I, I that's got to be changed. I think that's terrible. I think that's unacceptable. I wanted to see, like we have in the college ranks, both quarterbacks, both offenses have a chance to alternate possessions. Kansas City wins the coin flip. If you don't know the rule, if you win the coin flip and you score a touchdown, game's over. If you win the coin flip and you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance uh, to respond. But that's how it went. That's history. Your thoughts on... Obviously, what was a great weekend, but then most specifically, the overtime rules that are now being talked about all over the country. Well, for everybody who don't like it, that means one either one, uh, you know, you, you you don't you don't keep up with the National Football League enough. I mean, this rule this rule has been in place for as long as I can remember. You don't got to like it, but it is what it is. I'm I'm not saying I'm a fan of the rule, but I know what the rule is. We were talking about this before the show, BJ. I go back to when I go back. I think it was a, it was either the NFC Championship game or the NFC Divisional round with the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. And uh, and I, I remember Matt Hasselbeck sitting out there, and they get Matt Hasselbeck. They, they say heads or tails. He says uh, we're going to get the ball and we're going to score. Well, Al Harris said, has something different to say. Al Harris picks the ball off, takes it in for a touchdown. The thing that happened last night was this. You're right, BJ. Because of a coin toss, one team got the ball. That's the only thing. One team got the ball. That was that was Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills, if you really look at that, what did they have to do to extend that drive? It was fourth down. You let Travis Kelsey, he's only the best tight end in football, have a free release. Who do you think Patrick Mahomes is yeah, going to throw the to ball to? to set up the game time field goal so, so, regulation. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm saying is when you think of we, – we, we look at 
one thing, and we act, we forget what led up to all that. It's a lot that led up to, to that. And I think what happens is, BJ, if you are that Buffalo Bills defense, you didn't do your job. At the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills defense could have held Kansas City to a field goal, and they would have gotten. Think about it. You can call the turnover. You get a three and out. You get a pick, a pick six. Or look at all the different options after the after after Kansas City got the ball. Kansas City, you could have said, look, man, the best thing for us, either we got to keep them out of the end zone, leave them to a field goal, get a three and out. They did none of that. And a lot of times the reason why those type of things happen is because Buffalo was playing not to lose. What happens when you got Pete Mahomes? You lose. Patrick Mahomes, they were thinking, we got to end this now. Think about the two different mindsets. One is saying, hey, man, let's try to find a way to keep these boys out of the end zone. The other team was saying, we got to, because of how dangerous that other, because think about this, BJ. Patrick Mahomes know how dangerous Josh Allen is. We can't give this dude a chance to come out here. So I think what happens is, yes, you're right, one team did not get it done. Think about Pittsburgh. Why do we know Tim Tebow and Demarius Thomas, may he, may he rest in peace. The play that will go on forever, the ADR t- touchdown. They were playing, they were playing uh, zero coverage, one-on-one, Ike Taylor versus Demarius Thomas, 80 yards later, th- the rest is history. It's a lot of things you can look at. I do not like the overtime rules, but I have to accept them. That's what they are. Because, BJ, if you are the defensive coordinator for Buffalo, you let the team down. I understand the players got to overcome coaching and things of that nature. But, BJ, when I start giving you these options, three and out, uh, a field goal, a, a turnover, uh, anything but six points, anything but six points, right? We practice these things at the end of at the end of every practice on, like, Thursday to Friday. This is the scenario. We need this. We got this amount of time to get this, this many yards. Patrick Mahomes understood the assignment. Buffalo, who, by the way, were the number one defense in the in the league, and that's and I know that you have to throw those things out because it's about how you play on the day that you play. But when I give you all those scenarios, because because I guarantee you this, if you switch it, and Buffalo gets the ball, you know what you know what Chris Jones and those guys said, we can't let these guys get in the end zone because it's over. So I I just, I just think that yes, BJ, it was unfortunate. Comes down to your personnel. You got to keep them out the end zone. That's like BJ. I mean, think about it. I know we may get into it. You, you, twenty-seven to three. The Rams over over the Bucks. Tom Brady goes not on my watch. Now, true indeed, the Rams did things to let him back in the game. But BJ, I'm giving you different scenarios. It looks like Kansas City got the ball. It looks like Kansas City got the ball. Goes down, score game over. No, no. Nope, that's what happened, but that's not the end-all, be-all. You always say, you know, context matters as well. I'm just giving you context. I'm not saying that if I'm Buffalo, I'm not saucy right now, but I but I am going to say Buffalo had chances in that game. No, I agree. So, yeah. Yes, I but agree. But the time rules do suck. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yes. I, look, first off, I agree with what you said about the end of regulation. You just had this extraordinary back and forth. It might be one of the best games you're going to ever see yeah. in your life if you didn't see and, it. And you have, you have a three-point lead with eight seconds left. And to go back to the end of regulation, I understand it's easy to retroactively, you know, say you should have done this, you should have done that. But you have a lead. Kansas City is on on their own side of the field. So I I, I don't know exactly. They were at like the 40-yard mm-hmm. line or something. But they were not in your territory yet. They needed another 10, 15 yards yes. to get into field goal range. They were right around midfield. If they were past midfield, they were just barely past midfield. They were not in field goal range. What no. I'm getting at. Eight seconds left. Where do you think they're going to go with the ball? Come on. And and like you said, Travis Kelsey, who is 
a generational tight end, yes. was not challenged at the line of scrimmage. Free release. He was given a free release, five, six, seven yards, catches the ball in stride, probably at the eight, nine yard mark, and then, a, it then is able to carry the defender another two, three, four yards, and you have a 12, 14 yard gain. That can't happen. That cannot happen. So I agree with you on that front. Buffalo had a chance to win this game in regulation. They should have, and they didn't. And I also agree with you and, and understand the obvious point that, hey, Buffalo, if you don't give up a touchdown, your offense gets a chance. But my problem is only one defense was presented with that reality. Mm -hmm. And the reason it was them, Buffalo, and not Kansas City, is because of a coin flip. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, in an AFC divisional playoff game, we've got to do better than that. And that's about as good as you can get. Yeah, we've got to do better than that. And I'm not taking that away. Change the rule. That's all I'm saying. The competition committee, right? When you start thinking about what's what's probably like at the top of their list, when you think about overtime, the reason why this rule is how many teams actually make it overtime? That's why it's such a bad rule because when they play percentages, what's out, out of all the games, what, 16, what, uh, 32 teams times 17 games, how many made the overtime? 10? Not even, so not even, not even, a, not even what, 5% of the games. But it gets exposed when games matter. You're talking about, Two great teams, two great quarterbacks. I mean, these guys are going to be battling out for years to come. And like you said, BJ, when you say they were presented with it, if but we do the what if, if Buffalo just keeps them to three, Josh Allen got a chance to get the ball because it's easy to say what Josh Allen would have done had they got the ball. Every everybody does that, right? Everybody does that. But it's that it's that it's that what if factor when you start thinking about the fact that this is a this is a Buffalo Bills team that was about as good as advertised. Josh Allen is one of the best young quarterbacks uh, in the National Football League right now. I think the Buffalo Bills got a franchise quarterback for years to come. But BJ, I, I'm gonna go back to a game that I, I do not like talking about. My senior year, Florida, Florida State, Florida, Florida State wins on a th- throw up a prayer. PK, I mean, uh, you know, Chris Riggs and PK Sam. No, it's O three. Oh, three. But but what happened at 4 for 14? If you don't give up 14 yards, they're not even in a position to get it done. If you do, – I don't care. If I'm on that Kansas City defense – I mean, I'm sorry. If I'm on that Buffalo Bills defense, I'm going rogue. I am not going to let Travis Kelsey have a free release because if he has a free release, that, that's money. That's money every time. I remember when getting 1,000 yards as, as a tight end was rare. He's done it like five, six years in a row. He's the best at his position in the world. You're going to let the best at what he does in the world get a free release? That's it was free too money. easy. It was so, so easy. So all I'm saying is, BJ, yes, it is messed up what happened to Buffalo. But that's what happened when you let great quarterbacks get a shot, right? On a defense, that's playing not to lose. 28-3. to Second half, Atlanta with uh, New England. Atlanta started playing not to lose, and they lost. How do you lose a game that you never trailed the whole game? They didn't trail the whole game. Atlanta led the whole game. You lost. Yesterday with the Rams, the Rams they got a lead. They playing not to lose. They almost lost. All I'm saying is when you get when you really break it down, teams that play aggressive have a better shot of winning games. Teams that play kind of sit back, manage and let things happen, you lose. Buffalo, this is going to hurt a long time because when you go back and play the game within the game, I'm talking about individual matchups. I'm telling you, man. I, listen, I'm gonna say this. The great Ray Lewis says something to Deion Sanders that I agree with. I will not blame a coach for what players control. Players control that green grass. They control it. And sometimes common sense got to, got to you know, some, BJ, we've seen games like, what is he doing? Buffalo, you let Patrick Mahomes have an opportunity to, to slice and dice you because you was hoping that somebody makes a play. Well, it was 11 of y'all. You had, you had an opportunity. 
Now it would be, you know, Joe Burrow, and it'll be it'll be what could have been when you talk about them Buffalo. Yeah, games. and look, a lot to get to with the playoffs. Just an extraordinary yes. game in Kansas City. Extraordinary games all, all, all the way through. The yeah. I just hated that that game came down to that because yep. though Buffalo could have made a stop, and Buffalo's defense has been elite mm-hmm. all season. Mm-hmm. They've been spectacular. But kind of watching that game, the way it ended, you thought Pat Mahomes at home, all the momentum. You kind of thought, man. They're going to go down the field, and and they're going to find a way to score, and we're going to see overtime without Josh Allen, without Buffalo having a chance. Uh, uh, Gabe Davis, I mean, who had four touchdowns in that game, without seeing those guys have another opportunity. you got to change the rule, and I don't know what the right rule is. We've seen different variations in college. I mean, I think alternating possessions make sense. Maybe you go with something where you got to go for two every time. So score a touchdown, go for two. The other Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But I, I just... The pressure was on Buffalo's defense, and it wasn't on Kansas City's defense. And the sole reason for that was because of a coin flip. And to me, in that moment, on that stage, we got to do better. So I'd like to see the NFL change that. And you're right. If you're just now saying, what, these are the NFL's overtime rules, and you haven't been paying attention because these these rules have been in place. But they stink. They stink. They stink. But, but to see it. In that moment, yeah, as the finish to that game, yes. Normally, you want a game like that to finish with an exclamation point. To me, it, it finished with a question mark because of because of what we saw with the overtime rules. So, didn't like that. A lot to get to. Tweet at us at Pigskin uh, Radio. Plenty to talk about with the playoffs. We'll keep going when we come back. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Glad to have you back here with us. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're doing well, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop. What more can you say about big game Joe Burrow? And, uh, Ben, I know that was a tough one for your Tennessee Titans. A lot of talk about the Super Bowl. You bring in Julio Jones. And, what, you get nine sacks. I mean, a a, 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 a great performance defensively from Tennessee. Derrick Henry comes back, scores a touchdown, which was good to see. But at the end of the day, the story, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. And Christian said this a couple of days ago. And when he first said it, my thought was, ah, that's a little was he said is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback in the NFL right now and he said this a few days ago and I'm looking around going that just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. but when you talk it out especially now that and for for context okay you won your first playoff game Cincinnati did in 31 years mm-hmm. in the opening in, in the wild card round over the Raiders the win in Nashville for the Bengals was the franchise's first road playoff win ever like not since ever. The Bengals had never won on the road in the playoffs, and I know you always talk about, "Hey, greatness! Are you, are you, are you changing kind of the status quo of your team, of your organization?" Joe Burrow is, and when you talk it out and you start to rank guys, and we did it, I'll have the results for you in just a second. It, 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 it's a lot closer than you might think. It kind of first thought when you say is Joe Burrow top five quarterback in the league, is that becoming a more viable argument over the last couple of weeks? Uh, not only I think is it becoming a more viable ar- argument the last couple of weeks, the last two years. He he missed his rookie year because of because of injury, right? Okay, so think about this: when he finally plays, I right, look look at certain guys and what they did in their second year. With Patrick Mahomes, it was his second year, but it was, I mean it was the second year in the league with his first year playing on MVP. Took off, ne- ne- never came down. Lamar Jackson, second year in the league, MVP, right? Took off. Now I'm, now he, he he's going through some ups and downs. This is the thing about Joe Burrow. Last time we seen Joe Burrow in college football, he's sitting on the couch smoking a cigar. People thinking, man, you can go to Cincinnati. And people thinking he don't, he should come back because he don't want to go play for Cincinnati. He goes, nah, it's all good. And he's an Ohio native. And BJ, right? that's the thing. Yep. 
It's bigger than that you do it. It's where you do it at. He's doing it for Cincinnati. A team that, look, Andy Dalton, he took him to the playoffs. They just didn't win anything. So you're telling me the first time he played, what'd you do? Won the first playoff game we've ever won in playoff hit ever. And we go into the AFC Championship game, and we gave up nine sacks. And, you know, we did it. <laughs> Joe Burrow is a type of player you want to play with because everybody, Joe Burrow is not politically correct. He ain't going to do that. Yeah, man, we don't know. Forget all that, man. We coming for it all. BJ, I've been telling you this. I want a I want a borderline, you know, uh, like I want cocky and conceited. I want, I want my quarterback right there in the middle. He's not conceited. He's cocky most definitely. But that's how you have to play. You're like, look, man, I play for Cincinnati. It's not like people going to give and us he's saying, anything. saying, why not us? Why not us? No, 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 no. I, they, they, well, they went from why not us to it is us. They tied it is us. It yeah, is us. Yeah. But when you think about it, BJ, the problem is you play with enough guys that think like that, you start winning. You don't think if you play a place like Alabama and Georgia and Clemson, you don't think that's how they think? Because that's why they keep winning it. They don't want to play with people that okay, don't think Let me ask you this like quickly, that. though, because I've heard you say about – the college ranks and the league before, you've got to establish a winning culture. Yes. Is Joe Burrow and that team saying, not only why not us, but it is us, mm-hmm. is that changing the culture in Cincinnati? I think it has changed because you got to think. The Cleveland Browns had the number one overall pick in, Bla- in Blake- Baker Mayfield. They said, hey, man, when we win a game. That's how low expectations had gotten. We just want to win a game. Joe Burrow said no. Man, if I'm healthy, man, give me Jamar Chase. Give me T. Higgins, right? You know, give me Joe Mixon, those guys. And look at what they're doing, BJ. I mean, it's not like Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a top 10 receiver. Borderline top five if you look at what he's doing. 1,400 yards as a rookie. You talk about a guy in T. Higgins, right, who's coming off an injury, 1,000-yard receiver. Talk about a guy in Joe Mixon who obviously has some ups and downs in college. I mean, definitely a top 10 running back. When you think about this, when you think about the Cincinnati Bengals team, it all starts and ends with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, most quarterbacks, they're not gonna survive. I mean, the fact that Joe Burrow made it four quarters with that offensive line, I mean, says a lot about him. So, yes, BJ, the culture, the tide has shifted. Because guess what? There aren't too many teams that's gonna ever. I played five years in the NFL. I made it to one playoff game. I made it to one. I was blessed enough to be able to play, but we met who? LaDania Thomason and the then San Diego Chargers. Why, now, and listen, I had a chance to win, right? Check this out. Um, most teams will never, ever make the playoffs. Brandon Marshall, one of the greatest receivers that ever come through the NFL, has almost 1,000 receptions, never made it to the playoffs, right? Takeo Spikes, probably a borderline Hall of Famer, never made it to the playoffs. Joe Burrow, in his first year playing fully, they make it to the AFC Championship game. What else do you want out of a quarterback? It's incredible, yeah. It's, so, it, it, you know, it's incredible. And just for frame of reference, and we have a question on Twitter, Ben, uh, about Kansas City, I'll get to in just a minute. Uh, but for frame of reference, we went around the office. Sorry, Mark, you weren't here when we did it. But we had uh, uh, me, you, Christian, PJ, Cam uh, all put together our – we did top, what, seven quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league to see how, like, a top five would play out. And we uh, have the aggregate rankings. So the office top five, mathematically, we use the scientific method to rank the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. Pat Mahomes, one. Aaron Rodgers, two. Tom Brady, three. Josh Allen, four. Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, tie at number five. Is that is that, that that's the way our 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 list worked? Is that sound about I like, right I like to you? that. Russell, Russell Wilson's going to get in because of the respect he's he's garnered and his time, uh, you know, with the Seattle Seahawks. But the thing about it is, is right. This is the thing, though, right? Russell Wilson had the Legion of Boom. BJ, who plays with Cincinnati defense? Uh, you got Trey Hendrickson. Nah, exactly. Yeah. The fact that you don't know 
but one, maybe one player shows you how good, that's how good a player is, right? So all I'm saying is when people ask, why do we reach on quarterbacks? We might not get that guy, but if we get the guy, look at what he does, right? So I just think that what Joe Burrow is doing, not just for a city, but for a team that's, you know, I mean, it's not like they're in a slouch uh, conference. I mean, the AFC North, it ain't no slouch. You still got to get with Lamar Jackson. You know, you're talking about Baker Mayfield, obviously being Rosenberger. Shout out to class of 04. He got to get the hell on. I, I, can't, I can't keep watching that nonsense. Joe Burrow is saying, look, we won the division. We went to the Titans, who had the best record in the AFC. Healthy Derrick Henry. Yep. A.J. Brown. Julio Jones, you might have heard from him. They took that L. And the defense had nine sacks. So the same guy, guy, quarterbacks can't take that much punishment. This guy got hit all game long, but they still find a way to get it done. Uh, so, yeah, Joe Burrow to me is, you know, borderline top five. Not because of not just because of what he's doing, like with the X and O's, BJ. I mean, he's elevated the status quo. Everybody, listen, we're in Southeast Georgia talking about a kid that plays in Cincinnati. That's true. Uh, so – there are certain guys that make you want to watch. I didn't watch the Carolina Panthers, and, I, and I'm a Jake DeLone fan. I like Steve Smith, but Cam Newton made you want to watch. Lamar Jackson makes you want to watch. Kyler Murray makes you want to watch. Joe Burrow, if you haven't seen him, you need to see him. And they're going to say, dude, he was that good in college? Yeah. So for everybody that got something to say about the transfer portal, well, that's how he ended up at LSU. So the transfer portal does work for certain teams. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, he, he that dude, man. He, he seems to just understand the look. Cocky and conceited. He lives right there in the and middle. His track record I, in big games is, for me, is yeah, unbeaten. As Christian just said, it, it, it's unparalleled. When you look at the stats in college, yeah. what he's doing, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, tweet at us at Pigskin Radio at ESPN Coastal. Ben, we have a question here. Uh, do you think Kansas City's lack of defense will hurt them moving forward? That coming from a Jonathan on Twitter. As long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, no. I mean, no one really. I know about Tyron Matthew. I know about Chris Jones and those guys. But you got to be able to stop. You got to be able to stop Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and those guys. And as long as as long as number fifteen is is healthy, you got a shot to go out there and get it done. But they complimentary defense is what Kansas City and remember, has to over do. Over the weekend, you lost Tyron Matthew early to, yeah. to a head injury as well. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he's hopefully okay. he'll listen. I mean, I'm not saying he's definitely going to play this weekend, but. He's going to be going, listen, he's going to be talking to Tom Brady about drinking, you know, celery smoothies and cilantro all night to try to get back. But as long as you got, I think these quarterbacks show you elite quarterback play. Because, I mean, JPP, uh, you know, Shaq Bear, you know, uh, uh, Vita Vea, uh, you know, Devin White, and they needed every bit of ten, uh, Tom Brady to get back in that game. If you got an elite quarterback, not only do you make your, uh, your offense better, he makes your team better. So as long as Patrick Mahomes still getting, the only problem is, Patrick Mahomes' little brother, we have to deal with him for another week. That's, that's another show for another day. But, yeah, as long as you got Pat Mahomes, I think uh, Kansas City will be fine. On paper, they the, the clear favorite. Is that fair to say out of the, uh, out of the four teams left? I, I, or no? listen, I don't know, BJ, man, because we got some party crashes. I mean, when you think about this, once again, Cincinnati went to Tennessee. They went, listen, listen, I went to your house and ate, I went to your house, opened up your refrigerator, take, took your food out and ate it. See, and when I go to you your house and I open up your refrigerator, there's well, that's never, called disrespect. Uh, what? I, I, no, 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 no. You, you're just disrespect. I walk in, I and, go to your refrigerator, I'm looking, I, I, no, I go no, no, to the no. freezer, I look no, for no, some no, ice no. cream. It's not so much you go in my house and look at my refrigerator, you're complaining about what I don't have. I don't shop for you. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, you used to have this, you used to have that, well, you ate it all. That's right. So I do you like I do my children. I, I buy what you don't eat. And uh, uh, up until now, everything I eat, you do eat. So I got to keep figuring that out. But 
I just think that when you think about San Francisco, Frozen Tundra, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Discount Double Check, D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator for San Francisco, them boys moving on. Party crashes are the most dangerous teams. So right now, Cincinnati and San Francisco are my two most dangerous teams. All right, we're going to get into it. What would be the most compelling matchup? I don't think many people pick these conference championship games. Uh, Storylines aplenty. What would be the best Super Bowl matchup? Again, tweet at us at Pigskin Radio at ESPN Coastal. We'll come back and address that next. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. BJ Bennett alongside Ben Troop. Hope you're doing well. And Ben, in terms of the Super Bowl matchups that are potentially out there, for me, and I asked you who the favorite was, I I, I think being fair, uh, Kansas City, given what they've done in recent years, they've been there, they've accomplished it, I think they're the team to beat. To me, and I'll see if you agree, the best possible matchup, the storylines, and you can go a number of different ways, but I think if you have Kansas City, L.A., and you have the Rams and the Chiefs. I mean, think about all the superstar power that will be on the field. And that's what you want in the biggest game of the year, right? I mean, you're talking about Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill. And uh, you're talking about Stafford. You're talking about Miller and Ramsey and Donald. I, to me, I know you're Joe Burrow. I, I can see it in your eye. I can see it coming. But I think, but I think for me, the most compelling, most fascinating, most interesting matchup uh, would be L.A. and Kansas City. Thing, BJ, when you think about when you talk about interesting matchups, this has been the year of like you know teams like breaking through, right? Braves breaking through, Georgia breaking through, Cincinnati. Cincinnati isn't a team that has this long history, right? But BJ, when you talk about when you talk about momentum, when you talk about you know uh, things that make like like I, I and I know this is a talking point every single year. Eric B. Enemy still doesn't have a still doesn't have a head coaching job destination. You talked about D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan's former, you know, former Alabama, you know, uh, you know, Crimson Tide, I mean, uh, Houston Texan, now the defensive coordinator for San Francisco 49ers. No one expected San Francisco to get past Lambeau, I mean, and, and Green Bay and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Nobody in their right mind saw that this Cincinnati team that just uh, won a playoff game, uh, uh, what a road playoff game in the history of their franchise. The most compelling is the ones that come with the storylines that people got to think of. I mean, L.A. and Kansas City built their storylines. Matthew Stafford finally leaves uh, Detroit, get a chance. I mean, add That's Odell kind of a lazy Jr. answer you know, by me. No, I mean, no, 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 no. But, but think about this, though, BJ. But, but because it's the Super Bowl, we're going to watch, right? That's the thing about the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who it is. It ain't like college to where you prefer to be somebody because of the viewership. No, 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 no. BJ, I'm telling you, the most compelling would be San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan back in the Super Bowl again. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, gets gets to kind of redeem. Forty Niners Bengals. BJ, it, it would be compelling because you got to think you you won the last you won the you won the last you know uh, two teams in the tournament. You talk about you talk about a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo who let's face it, this might be his last year with San Francisco, right? He want to kind of do right by that contract that they gave him. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's one of those mid tier type quarterbacks. He ain't he's not great. Plays okay. And we talk about the next step. How did we? How did Patrick Mahomes really get introduced to the world? It wasn't because of the MVP season. I mean, they went on to win the Super Bowl. That's how he really got introduced. When you talk about com- compelling, you know, uh, I'm thinking about. Listen, will a D'Amico Ryan's help propel a Eric Bieniemy? Because they're saying, look, man, you got to give these young. You got to give. The, listen, don't let the color of my skin keep you from, you know, giving me an opportunity. Yes. We talk about a guy like Joe Burrow, BJ. I'm telling you, if Joe Burrow wins. What does that do for the quarterbacks coming out this year? You're going to add more quarterbacks in the first round. That's what that's what I think it does is what it does for the game. Now, 
Obviously, BJ, if you got Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl, and they and they will be hosting it, by the way. Surprise, surprise. That's just right, like Tampa, so far. Exactly, yeah. just like Tampa did last year. And, oh, my God, you talking about Matthew Stafford, you know, uh, Kansas City. Oh, my goodness. It, 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 you know, listen, 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 listen. You got you got the old vet uh, and, and uh, Andy Reid versus, versus that young, you know, uh, offensive mind. So you got the old offensive mind versus the young offensive mind with Sean McVay. It's not a building. I don't, I don't, I, I think the most compelling, obviously, would be, uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati versus uh, San Francisco because of the track to get there. But BJ, I mean, if the, you, you're right. When you're talking about the star power, they asked, oh my God, they asked Aaron Donald about Debo Samuels before he went here. And his, and his answer was, quote, who? Now, uh, now, now, me, I wouldn't do that, you know, because and when, when people say when people say Aaron Donald doesn't go up against Debo Samuel, Aaron Donald goes up against the offensive line of San Francisco. Debo, you know, he has to deal with you know Jalen. Now, my BJ, you to my matchup, Debo versus Jalen. Now that people is 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 something I would pay to see. But all four teams are are. But I I do think San Francisco and Cincinnati because BJ, it's that San Francisco and Cincinnati, like. We'll, you'll probably never hear that again in life when you talk about the Super Bowl, but that's what Joe Burrow does, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. You got a bunch of and, – and You wouldn't we, have the superstar power that's proven that you no, would no, have no, with no, the Rams, you, with but, the, but, 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 the but, Chiefs, but, but, but you'd have but, young – Yeah, but at, but at the same time, too, BJ, that's when names are made, right? The, 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 I, I talked about it. The Super Bowl, the, 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 the Super Bowl MVP when, uh, when it was the Harbaugh versus Harbaugh Super Bowl in New Orleans, it, was, uh, it wasn't Joe Flacco. That would be Ed Reed. Ed Reed, the one pushed out, you know, Frank Gore, and they had those four plays on the goal line. All I'm saying is, BJ, going into Cincinnati, Tennessee, I said Cincinnati was a great field goal story. And Tennessee's defense played about as good as you could play. Cincinnati wins. With, 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 you know, with a, with a rookie kicker, you know, because they, they, they got a bunch. And I think that's the thing about Cincinnati. They win, they win the team way. It's ugly, but they win the team way. But you're right. If you either want the star power, which my goodness, Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl. Who knows I just think about that offense, the, the the Kansas City offense oh against the LA defense. When oh, you talk oh, about, oh, 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 I mean, oh, oh. the Hall of Fame power, the I mean, the the gamesmanship, the back and forth, the talk you would have during the week, and then you have the Matt Stafford angle. Yeah. Something something we'll get into a little bit later in the show, but kind of a quick tease. If Matt Stafford theoretically, we're a long way away from this. Okay, you got to win, got to win this weekend, and then you got to. Win the big one, mm-hmm. but if Matt Stafford, <laughs> who's right on the outside yeah. looking in yeah. on the top ten uh, list for passing yards and touchdowns, if he were to win a Super Bowl, would, would we be talking about a Hall of Fame resume for Matt Stafford? Yes, because, because uh, I think so too. Quarterbacks are known. Quarterbacks are known for Super Bowls, and quarterbacks are known for Super Bowls when they are an integral part of when not the Trent Dilfer's. I know we talked about that before. Trent Dilfer benefited from being on a great team. And obviously his, his goal was to not mess well, it up. Well, I mean, with all due respect to Trent Dilfer, he's not right on outside the top well, exactly. ten in and, career and, and passing. I, and yards. I think the thing about Matthew Stafford was it was always really, really good player on a really, really bad team. What would happen if you put him on a good team and you see what's that Cooper Cup, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and so you know Van Jefferson and so on and so forth. So yes, BJ, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, I can already see it though. Atlanta wins Atlanta wins the World Series. Georgia wins the national championship. And Matthew Stafford. When's the super duper? I mean, listen, Kirby Smart gonna be like, look, man. Well, listen, I, mean, I saw people know. saying on Twitter that uh, Georgia, Georgia beat Michigan again. You had Tom, you had Tom that Brady. Is, that, is, that is true, right? Yeah, you, you had Matt Stafford. 
I mean, you had a lot of guys. Listen, at the, at the at the end of the day, when when you know beating Michigan, you do that for America, not 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 just in a game. You don't want to deal with that nonsense. But no, man, Matthew Stafford has always been an incredible player, and I think sometimes you know, I mean, he, they, Detroit finally did the right thing by him. Unfortunately, they had to you know not do the right thing with Barry Sanders and obviously Megatron, but they didn't want to do that with their third greatest player all time. But yeah, if Matthew Stafford wins the BJ. He don't even got to be the MVP. I mean, you got to respect what he's done this year. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question when you think about, I would say Cincinnati more than San Francisco. San Francisco's been one of the better franchises, mm-hmm. not only all time, of course, one of the leading franchises, but in recent years with what they've done. But you hear this around the NCAA tournament sometimes where you hear analysts will ask this question. Okay, we love seeing the Cinderella's in the first and second round. Okay, you love when the 14 beats the three. But do you want the 14 playing in the national championship game? And I think for some people, the answer might be yes. But I think for some people, the answer, if they're being honest, is I'd rather see North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see, you know, the programs that I, Kansas, whoever, I, Gonzaga. I'd rather see the programs that the expectations, the talking points have been there for a while. I'd rather see them on the big stage. And I think you could ask the same question with the NFL playoffs where Cincinnati one of the stories of the year in the National Football League. Joe Burrow might be the hottest player in the league. I, I mean, what he's doing is, like Christian pointed out last week, it's a meteoric rise into the top five of a list that we thought was kind of set in stone. I mean, top five quarterbacks in the league, but is the story with the Bengals, for some people, mm-hmm. I want them in my wild card round. I want them my, in, in my divisional round. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have whoever Brady's playing with. I'd rather have whoever Rodgers is playing with. I'd rather have the Steelers, the Packers, you know, the Chiefs. I'd rather have those teams in the Super Bowl. Do you think that people would embrace the Bengals being in the Super Bowl? They would have to. Because, it's not, because as you mentioned, when somebody goes, well, who did the Bengals beat? You say, well, I mean, they had to beat the number one seed in the AFC at home. With a, with a with a second year quarterback, a, a first year uh, receiver, and a team that doesn't have it real, you know, no real history. When you talk about having deep playoff runs, when you talk about a guy like Joe Burrow, they're gonna start saying, "Well, who?" You know, because BJ starts with not who we play for now. Who did he play for in college? Start off at Ohio State, end up at LSU. You go back to that twenty. It's like it's so many. And when you start talking about when you start talking about what the Cincinnati Bengals team does, they just keep fighting. That was an ugly win against Tennessee. What you know. I call it a healthy Derrick Henry. But the thing is, Ryan Tannehill was still supposed to outplay, you know, a second-year quarterback who's coming off injury. Nope, did not. This Cincinnati Bengals defense says we got to get this young guy a chance to stay in the game. So one guy, you know, when you talk about Ryan Tannehill, three picks. Three. Now, three picks versus nine sacks. I mean, Joe Burrow was getting off the ground all day long, and he stuck it out. But, B.J., we we talking about Kansas City. Kansas City is a journey come lately, too. It's not that they had this long history. But the last four years, last four years, four years, AFC championships, right? Patrick Mahomes, Eric B. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, so on and so forth. If Cincinnati wants to establish itself as one of the teams in the National Football League, you beat a team like Kansas City. Because, B.J., think about it. It's like when Alabama loses. We go, what? Who beat them? And then you start diving into it. You start, you say, oh, 3,000-yard receivers, right? Uh, but one of them being a rookie who might, I mean, I know Mac Jones might be the rookie of the year. It's probably to go to Jamar Chase when you look at him breaking the uh, rookie record. So, yes, BJ, I'm, I'm not saying that Cincinnati is going to be, you know, uh, your cup of tea. You know, if you're looking at Cincinnati, uh, you know, t- you know, uh, uh, Green Bay, San Francisco, it's going to be the last pick. But you only got four choices. 
Like so, it, so it's easy to pick them when it's one of four. Now you talking about thirty-two teams or maybe the top sixteen teams? I'm not gonna pick Cincinnati, but BJ, we ain't talking about the old Cincinnati. Think about this. Well, I get it. TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Ochocinco, Carson, Carson Palmer, they ain't doing what this team is doing with Joe Burrow, uh, you know, T. Higgins, Mixon, and freaking Jamar Chase. These guys are already being talked about as being the greatest, you know, tandem or threesome or whatever, foursome in Cincinnati Bengals. And that's not taking away what Boomer Size and those boys did. So I, I just know that BJ, you know, just like I know, BJ, we want the usual suspects, but the newcomers scare you. Because they ain't been here. Next thing you know, they could be hosting up, a, you know, a super duper bowl. Well, and quickly with San Francisco, I, you know, didn't score, didn't score uh, an offensive touchdown in Lambeau in advance. D'Amico Ryan's an incredible, incredible yes. job. Uh, deserves a look absolutely for being uh, a head coach. What what would this say about Jimmy Garoppolo if if a lot of people say, hey, not a great quarterback, maybe not even a good quarterback, but he's a win away from a second Super Bowl. It would it would show that one, uh, you know, it, it would show that what happens when you when you're a true professional. He understood that Trey Lance is who they really want. We would look at where they drafted him in. He understands he got a big time contract with only playing six or seven games in the National Football League. He understands that he missed. I mean, we only talking about Kansas City because he missed he missed Emmanuel Sanders. If he if Emmanuel Sanders catches that touchdown, how much different are we looking at Jimmy Garoppolo and Kansas City? But he did miss him, and Kansas City goes on and wins. No, BJ, I think this is what happens when I, you know. I mean, I think it says a lot. Uh, about that front office. You know, uh, John Lynch and those guys just staying patient with Jimmy Garoppolo, saying we're going to stick this thing out, giving him some peace around him. Guys like Debo and George Kittle. If he can win it, BJ, I, I still think this is last year in San Francisco because of the cap, salary cap hit. But I think it shows that in a, in a in a in a game that's not about patience and letting guys develop, they waited it out. And he might get a chance to right some wrongs. And who knows, BJ, could he be saving his best performance for the biggest game? going to be exciting to see a heck of a Final Four uh, as we look ahead to a potential Super Bowl. What matchup will be the most interesting? Tweet at us at Pigskin Radio at ESPN Coastal. We'll come back with more three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio. We have a busy hour two coming up of three and out as Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, uh, will join us entering his 29th season with the Yellow Jackets, Georgia Tech preseason top 15 uh, in the national baseball polls. And the season starts in about, uh, about three, four weeks as Georgia Tech will open up on February 18th against Wright State, made the NCAA tournament last year. A talented roster, uh, including former Richmond Hill star Jackson Finley, looking to bounce back from injury after Tommy John. He's on that roster. So Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, will join us in about 15, 20 minutes. Also, Drew DeArmond from 97.7 ESPN Tennessee Valley and tighter insider Jermaine Burton transfers to Alabama. Uh, interesting storyline there. And uh, two teams that know each other well. Well, Jermaine Burton goes from Georgia to Alabama, so we'll chat with Drew DeArmond uh, about the Crimson Tide adding Jermaine Burton. But Auburn, if you missed it over the weekend out of the SEC, a big win over Kentucky. The Auburn Tigers, for the first time in the AP poll, number one in the country. So I know we talk about the SEC. You think about football, probably think about baseball too, but Auburn right now the number one team in the country they are number one in the AP poll for the first time ever, and a uh, young man from the 912, former Brantley County star Jalen Williams, now playing some really good basketball for the Tigers, averaging seven points, three rebounds per game out of Nahunta, and uh, has helped Auburn climb to number one in the country. Jalen Williams, former star 
uh, for the Brantley County Herons. Bruce Pearl is getting it done, BJ. Obviously, when you look at what he was able to start at Tennessee before he moved on to you know uh, to Auburn, I mean, got these guys playing at the highest level. Tumors Corner, I know it was crazy uh, this weekend. I always say this, you know, when you when you number one, you know, uh, when you number one, you know, as you get closer to February, getting closer to the, can you keep it up? Because I, I I do know this. I mean, this Auburn team. I obviously I get. My, my, I get this. I get my basket. I get my college basketball from from BJ slash Cam because BJ said Auburn's good. I said, man, they all right. And Cam go, no, no, they're a problem. So they're number one I, in the country. No, I, and, I, and, I, and BJ, does it does does it college basketball get harder once you got that number one okay. on your back? Because okay. everybody wants to be able to rush the court and all this. I'm just saying, can they keep it up? Because what the SEC is in football, that's what the ACC is in basketball. Even though Bruce Pearl got them boys with that number one on their back, we'll see if they can keep it up. How's Florida doing? We don't really talk about Florida. Florida women's basketball. No, no, Florida women's basketball is doing an incredible thing. They oh, got yeah. to keep. They got to keep pace with uh, you know with them uh, with them uh, soccer on the game. Oh, you talking about the bat- you talking about men's basketball? Listen, man, we win games that don't matter. We and uh, we can't win games that do matter. I think Florida's got Ole Miss tonight. And we and we'll couple lose. of games we'll, over five. We'll we'll, we'll 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 lose. Uh, we'll lose at the buzzer by three. And that's why I'm not watching. Not doing. It. I can't do it. Busy second hour. Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, will join us in about 15 minutes. We'll come back. We'll take three. And NFL playoff edition of Take 3. Also, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News uh, will join us coming up in the final hour. We'll talk about his mock draft. Tweet at us at Pigskin Radio, at ESPN Coastal. BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, Cam Urshery alongside. We'll come back with more three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We are streaming live on the web, ESPN Coastal. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network on a... I don't know, Monday afternoon. It is a Monday. All right, look, I'm trying to do my best, Kevin. I don't know what day it is. Just have to look at the show rundown. I don't need to know what day it is. But we'll chat with Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, coming up in about 15 minutes. Drew DeArmond, uh, TiderInsider.com, 97.7 ESPN, Tennessee Valley, about Jermaine Burton from Georgia to Alabama. Uh, the Crimson Tide, wow. I mean, looking ahead to 2022, that roster is spectacular. And not only did you add Jermaine Burton, remember a couple of weeks ago you added Jameer Gibbs uh, from Georgia Tech, and then Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News will join us in the final hour. We'll talk about his mock draft, but a lot to get to. We're bringing Cam. Guys, let's take three here on 3 and Out. All right, take one. Who has been the MVP of the playoffs so far? Uh, Yeah, I mean, one of the first names that comes to mind is Joe Burrow. When you think about just the history of Cincinnati and their lack of success in the playoffs overall, I don't want to discredit Pat Mahomes, though, just because we've seen him do it. Like, I don't want to say, no, it's not Mahomes, because I've already seen it. So because of that, I'll go Mahomes. I mean, the way he finished the game to put Kansas City, with just a few seconds left, back in a position to have a game-tying kick and force overtime at the end of regulation was just ice cold. Um, This guy is unflappable. And he had a couple of plays. I mean, the touchdown pass to Pringle, where he was escaping the pass rushers, and Threw across his body. I mean, went for well over 300 yards against Pittsburgh. That game wasn't even close in week one. And then right there, whenever Josh Allen would make a play, there's Pat Mahomes making a play. And then you get the ball in overtime. And Ben, you said it. Buffalo, best defense in the league. And you were able to move the ball down the field. Touchdown pass. You win it. Uh, It just seems like every game in the playoffs, I mean, lock for 300 yards, three, four touchdowns. I know it's kind of an easy answer. 
Uh, we've seen him do it. We know he's going to do it. But I'll go with Pat Mahomes, quarterback Chiefs. All right. I mean, uh, I know me, me and BJ have been talking about this, you know, uh, before the break, before the show. I think it's Evan McPherson, kicker from uh, kicker from the Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you play? Where do you play? He, play, he, play, he played for them boys. Played down for them boys. <laughs> does that, in, uh, does that have anything to do with No, BJ. It's because of this. Number one. Right, BJ, we talk about. Any 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 great player, right? It's how they they just fail at a lesser rate than everybody else. Everybody's failing, but BJ, you know, it's not so much that you're making kicks. What's the situation? You're talking about to be able to go to the AFC Championship game in a game that was ugly, and they get the ball back, and then they say Evan Fierce told told uh, you know, told Joe Burrow, listen, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. I mean, BJ, time and place matters, right? He's a rookie on a team that doesn't have any history in the playoff, definitely on the road. So now we got to go from winning our first playoff game on the road ever to winning against the number one seed, you know, uh, on the road. And I think, and I think what makes it even great, grander BJ is, we we forget about special teams, right? It's one of those, oh, you don't need me till you need me, right? Well, this guy was making kicks all game. It wasn't like it was an offensive juggernaut, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. And I like the fact that he did it. I think three of the four games came down to game winning kicks, but. It's the fact that, you know, he said, look, man, just give me give me an opportunity. Because, BJ, you know what you like I know. You love and hate the kicker. You love him because he can do it. And when he misses it, it's like, oh, but I think Evan McPherson has proven himself. Well, he's got BJ. seven or eight, right, through yeah, the first and I, two and games? Yeah, and I think, I, think, uh, I think what he's doing is he's becoming a legend right before our eyes. Who knows what's going to happen after this playoff run. But, BJ, the fact that he's sending him to the AFC Championship game, he predicted it. Before he did it, I'm going to go with Evan McPherson. My answer is different than both of y'all's. Uh, I was stuck between Mahomes. And Stafford, but I will go with Matthew Stafford. Um, I know Mahomes threw like 800 yards, eight touchdowns in two games. Stafford kind of half that with 504 touchdowns, but Stafford had the most pressure of any player in the NFL coming into this season. That's true. Like he got traded and they're like, oh, you have to win this year. He's never won anything. He comes to LA, he wins two um, playoff games there in the NFC Championship now. I just think what he did yesterday, not only did you beat the Tampa Bay defending champs. He beat the GOAT in his house on the road with all that pressure on your back. So I'll go Matthew Stafford. I like it. Now take two. Um, we're talking about the GOAT. Will Tom Brady retire? I just I just can't imagine it happening like this, right? And and I know they had the rally where they came back and almost but they were down twenty-seven to three in the second half. Like is Tom Brady's last game gonna be him walking off the field after losing to the Rams with the Bucks in a game where they were blown out and he didn't play well until the finish. I, I, that's that's hard for me to imagine. I, it's possible. Um, ben, you said in the show meeting, I mean, what more do you need to do, man? I mean, you're already the GOAT. You got more money than you know what to do with. You're, you're the biggest name in NFL history, and that's not going to change whether you add one more, two more, three. You can only be as big as you can be, and Tom Brady is as big as you can be. Uh, but I just, being the competitor that we hear about him being, everybody we talk to, I mean, he'll he'll stop eating carbs like for 15 years of his life so that he can play extra years. Uh, he just had one of his best seasons statistically. I mean, normally you would say, hey, man, you're, you're, you're up there in age. It makes sense to walk away, but you just led the league in touchdown passes. You might be the MVP. I just think given that he just played so well and given that that was such a disappointing loss, especially the way you lost or the way you played for much of that game, I can't see him walking away like that. Kobe Bryant's last game, you know, may he rest me, his last game as a Lakers, he put up 60. He put up 60 because he's like, look, man, this is the, this is this is all I got left. I, I mean, I'm going to give it all I got. 
And, you know, he's always trying to prove something. Like Kobe Bryant was cemented. There's nothing else. There's nothing else he can do. He can add more championships. He can add more prestige. But he's known throughout the entire league as being like, you know, just a trick. You know, I mean, just one of the greatest talents we've ever seen, the greatest competitor we've ever seen, and what he's meant. Tom Brady's in that same realm. He can't do anything else. He said, hey, man, people thought, oh, man, you dominated the AFC, man. What if you come out here to the NFC? I spent one year in the NFC, and I won, and I won the Super Bowl, and I, did, and I was the first team to host it. I can't do anything else. If I add another regular season MVP, you only add into the trophy case. I can't do anything else. For me, BJ, I think he retires because we're not gonna remember Tom Brady for him walking, you know, uh, you know, losing to the Tampa, losing to the uh, Rams. We're gonna say, dude, he almost won it again. What do you mean? That's how good he is. We're not even talking about the fact that the Rams pulled it off. We're talking about the fact that they almost lost to the GOAT. And it's a total different set of characters, right? Total different team. And I just think that sometimes BJ greatness can't always be, did he win it? No, what did he do? His legacy is cemented. Everybody knows Tom Brady. Everybody starts rooting for his teams because all they know his team to do is win, even when they're down 27-3. Somebody go, yeah, but. So I do think he retires B.J. because all he's doing is adding, adding to his greatest, but he can't. He solidified. Wow. This time last year, right? Somebody was saying if Patrick Mahomes beat him or if, if, if Aaron Rodgers beat him, are they to the go? No. No. You're not gonna do what in order to do what in order to be uh, better than the goat, you have to supersede what the goat has done. You're not gonna go to ten Super Bowls. You're not gonna win seven. Uh, it's like we we talk about that like it's regular. He's been in the league what twenty one years, and half of that was in the Super Bowl. Half of that, even when he switched conferences. So for me, BJ, it's only adding to. He's showing the way as far as like your body, your mind, your, your mentality, all these different things. But listen, there's only one. There's only one. Um, there's only one Mike. There's only one Kobe. There's only one LeBron. There's only there's only one Tom Brady. I'm sorry, man. And those people can be in, you know, may may uh you know Kobe Brown recipes, but certain guys can be in the same room together. Tom Brady's only a couple of people can be in the room with him. And if your name ain't Mike, if your name ain't LeBron, I don't know too many people can be as far as like changing the culture. So yes. I think I think he moves on BJ because I just think he showed I didn't walk away from the game because the game had passed me by. I, I walked away from the game because it was time. I actually don't think he'll retire. Um, this was statistically his best year ever. So that's correction. You were right. This is best year ever statistically. He hasn't passed over 5,000 yards since 2011. So that's 10 years ago. Um, he was just magnificent this year. I mean, he was third. I mean, he led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. But he had the third single season best passing yard um, season in NFL history. Wow. Um, that's insane for somebody who's 44. Not only do I think he's not going to retire, when he comes back next year, they're going to be the favorites. Because they're going to get somebody. Devontae Adams is a free agent. You got some other guys that's now, a free is Brady, agent. Now, is Brady a free agent? It, yeah, he don't sign a two-year deal. Yeah, yeah. He, he's. But but the, the reason, my, my, my thing is this too, though. It's almost like this. It's almost like certain guys, we look for ways to talk about them as if they ain't been doing it that long. We talk about LeBron like it ain't year 19, right? Oh, man, he ain't even that good. What are you talking? He's in top five and everything. I think he's the only player in NBA history that got what? What, uh, what, 20-something thousand 30, points, 10,000 rebounds? 30, 10, it's, and it's, nine, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. We are comparing them to them because ain't nobody else to compare them to. I think with Tom Brady, yes, he could, Cam. I, I, it's one of those things I'm going to have to see it to believe it, but I just think at this point, the greatest thing about any player is to know when to walk away. I think that's one of the greatest things you could do. And you want somebody to say, hey, man, you walking away? It's like you walking away. You don't want to walk away when people say, like when people go, you still playing? That's when you know you've. No, Tom Brady's saying, look, man, I'm still better than everybody. 
the new guys, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you know, I'm better than all of them. And I've superseded my heroes. I mean, Joe Montana, I've superseded all those guys. So, you know, I think what it is is now he goes, I put such a gap between me and number two. It's a battle for two. Yeah. For life. I don't care what you do. So he could come back, but now he just he just padded the stats. That's icing on he the did cake. not he did not want Drew Brees to have all the records. He got mm-hmm. the records now. He can it's move icing on. Icing on the cake, yeah. <laughs> he, they they may come back even stronger next they year. Might. They, they were might. injured, they so might. they might. But listen, take three. Now this this question kind of hurts me a little bit, but has Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay been a disappointment? When I first thought about this, my gut reaction was yes, right? Because it's like every year it seems like when the Packers lose in the playoffs, you go, wait a second, what? Like, shouldn't they have advanced to another Super Bowl? Shouldn't they have, I mean, just lost to a team that didn't score an offensive point uh, over the weekend, San Francisco? But I'm going to say it's not been a disappointment because you have the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, that's a legacy changer. That's, that's why you do it. I mean, you just mentioned Drew Brees, Ben. Drew Brees played, what, close to 20 years? He's got one Super Bowl, and he's one of the greatest of all time. I mean, how often do we talk about a guy like Phillip Rivers? Probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Never even got to a Super Bowl. Never even got to a Super Bowl. I mean, there are countless quarterbacks throughout history, around the league, um, even quarterbacks who are considered all-time greats who have one or fewer Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there are a lot of guys who have one Super Bowl, and that's enough. Now, do you feel like you could have accomplished more? Yes. Do you feel like maybe you should have accomplished more? Yes. But because you have the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then combined with that, it's not like you have a Super Bowl, then you went 2-14, and 14, then you went... For the most part, Green Bay during Rodgers' career has been one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So you've been a consistent winner, you've been in the playoffs, and you have the championship. Even if you feel like you should have more, it's hard for me to call that a disappointment. So I will say no. I will say yes. Not... not because it's what you said, Bisha. In the last 30 years, in the last 30 years, the Green Bay Packers went from uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. That's, I mean, taking that away from Bart Starr, I mean, that, that's that's their greatest two players ever. Let me ask I, you this real quick. Was Brett Favre's career a disappointment? Because uh, yeah. didn't he only have one? Yeah, he only, and went to two. Yeah, because BJ, it's, 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 it's what me and you be talking about, BJ. We always talk about seeds, and I'll say the season is a disappointment. Tom Brady showed you what happens when you got the best player on the team. We got the best player in the league. That's what he can do. If somebody would have said, look, man, out of 20 years, we're going to go to 10 Super Bowls and we're going to switch conferences. Man, that's crazy. But he did it. What? Without Tom Brady, we don't know We don't know how great a player could be. Now, when you talk about when you talk about throwing the football, oh, my God, he never seen nothing like Aaron Rodgers. But B.J., Aaron Rodgers, if he wins a uh, regular season MVP, this would be his fourth. Drew Brees has zero. And Drew Brees did all these and never had a regular season MVP. Matty Ice got a regular season MVP. Lamar Jackson got a regular season MVP. So the, the MVP is going to go to the best season of one individual player. Tom Brady starts going, this is the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady wants to win at all costs. I believe Aaron Rodgers wants to be the reason why you're winning. And sometimes, BJ, you know, and Cam, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest, man. He, he, I mean, when you talk about being one of the greatest, he's in that room. When we talk about being the greatest, he's not. He's on the outside saying, hey, man, who in that room? Well, that's Tom Brady in there with, uh, I think, like, Joe Montana's in there. I think LeBron's in there. And he'll go, how did they get in there? Because look at what they did for football, not just their teams. Tom Brady is, is synonymous with greatness. I don't care whether you like him, don't like him. Uh, I, it, it's uh, in the movie, um, in the, I think, in the, uh, in the second Rocky, right? Um, Apollo Creed told Rocky, he says, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter. 
See, the thing about Aaron Rodgers, man, he's a man. He plays great. I believe Tom Brady's a great player. So, yeah, BJ, I mean, you know, it is a disappointment because Jim Mercer said the best. He said, I had uh, I had uh, Peyton Manning for 14 years. We went to two Super Bowls, 1-1. One, one. I'm sorry. To me, that's a disappointment. We should have been in way more Super Bowls than that. I'm going to be quick about this. No, I don't think his career was a disappointment. Um, He's a Super Bowl champ. He's about to win his fourth MVP. Only Peyton Manning has more with, with five. But I'm going to say this. He has four NFC Championship losses. The first one, we know the Seattle um, onside kick. That's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. Um, San Francisco a couple of years ago, they just run the ball for three straight quarters. There's nothing he can do about that. Last year, you get a Hail Mary at the end of the half and make it 28-10 with Tampa. And Aaron Jones comes out in the third quarter and fumble. And then this year, you're uh, and then you played Atlanta in the NFC Championship. When Atlanta went to the Super Bowl, you had over 10 inactive players. So when you look at those four NFC losses, you kind of look at him as like, what did he do that kind of messed that up? Or what did his team do to mess it up? And that's why I give him a little grace. I will say this. I was disappointed Saturday because I do agree with you. Aaron Rodgers needed another Super Bowl to kind of get in that Joe Montana, Brady, even Peyton Manning room, even though Peyton Manning got a second Super Bowl, didn't do too much with that. But I was disappointed in that. But I think his career in Green Bay is still illustrious. Obviously, first ballot. You know, four-time MVP probably this Saturday when they do um, the announcement. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. That's take three. We'll come back with more. We expect to chat with Georgia Tech head baseball coach Danny Hall next. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Glad to have you back here with us. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. B.J. Bennett alongside Ben Troop and college baseball season is on the horizon and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a preseason top 15 team. And with us now to talk about his team uh, in his 29th season as the head coach at Georgia Tech, Coach Danny Hall. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? Happy to be on. And uh, as you said, baseball is uh, right around the corner. No doubt. Thank you so much for coming on. And, and uh, Coach, you talk about a program like Georgia Tech, your program, one of the top programs in the country, uh, your, your, your 29th year. What are these preseasons like for you as you obviously have so much to reflect on, so much your program has accomplished, but yet another very talented, very exciting team uh, coming up for you this season. Yeah, no, I think, you know, this. Uh, it's an exciting time of year, and uh, it is a new uh, new team, and, and we have, uh, you know, had some, some hype, as they uh, call it, just preseason with rankings and things like that. But I think internally, uh, you, you never, even though you want to be recognized preseason, it's called pre for a reason. And you know full well that uh, once that season starts, that a lot of things can change. A lot of things can be better than you thought. Things can be worse. But it's just right now just focusing on preparing our guys uh, for opening day on February 18th. And, um, you know, we've been uh, been blessed to uh, kind of get through the fall with zero injuries. And our guys look really good right now. We can start team practice um, next Friday. Uh, and so we're just uh, trying to progress towards that goal. Actually, this coming Friday, I should say. Uh, so we're uh, we're progressing. And coach, I mean, uh, how how much different is it from from last season? When you think about you know uh, you know COVID and different thing, different protocols and trying to figure out you know make sure we uh, doing everything with the training staff, with the medical staff, and trying to keep everybody uh, like safe. How much different is it? You know, a year removed, even though we are still dealing with you know a certain things. As far as like uh, the pandemic, how much different is it from last year to this year? Well, it's probably just not a lot different, quite honestly. And we we thought we were. Uh you know, kind of coming out of this thing. And we were very, uh, 
fortunate last year we didn't have uh, you know any hiccups with you know guys you know missing time during the season because of covid we felt like we managed that very well uh and then all of a sudden here came the the omicron virus and uh you know it, it it's hit everybody it's hit us and you just continue to monitor that and and make sure you're you're staying with your protocols but this one just seems to be that doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or you could be following all the steps that you followed last year and we got through it good and and uh and those steps aren't aren't working right now so just keep your fingers crossed that guys are making good decisions off the field to not put themselves in a position where they could possibly be uh be infected but you know i'm hoping that you know and it looks like this one is starting to die out a little bit and uh so hopefully just like last year we can get through it without anything uh setting us back Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, here with us on three and out. And uh, this time of year, you see a lot of people come out and talk about your team from afar with the rankings and the preseason award teams and whatnot. Give us a scouting report on uh, your team from your perspective. Uh, where do you think the strengths of this team uh, uh, lie, and uh, how good do you think this squad can be, Coach? Well, you know, we we've had a good run, really. The you know, in 2019, we. You know, had a very good team. We were uh, a national seed going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, then COVID hit, and uh, then last year we uh, started probably a little slow, uh, and, and you know had couldn't play as many midweek games. The ACC kind of limited us in how many games. But then I thought towards the end of the year we we're playing very well, played in the NCAA regionals at Vanderbilt against uh, really a, a great Vanderbilt team and kind of pushed them to the brink, made it to the finals, then lost in extra innings in, uh, you know, the first championship game there. So thought we were good last year. We have a lot of returners on this team that have, you know, in 2019 and 2021 played in the NCAA tournament. They played in some very tough ACC weekend games. So I think we're battle-tested. I think probably where everybody uh, always looks at, I think our pitching staff, it's the deepest pitching staff I've ever had. So I'll just throw that out there. Now, can they perform and play? Uh, that's why, you know, I made that statement earlier. I think that's things that we're going to find out when we start playing uh, in February. But, you know, I like my team on paper, but I'll just emphasize the paper part But I think we can go one through nine very deep in a lineup, and I think we could probably go about one through 15 on the mound, and uh, all 15 guys can contribute. So we have high hopes, high expectations, and have, honestly, high goals. Uh, but until we start playing, we're going we're gonna to find out. Coach, how much more competitive does that make, you know, like practice and preparation when you are a team that, as you mentioned, used to being in the tournament, and how much different is regular season baseball and tournament baseball? Oh, it's different. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I would say it like this, like the, to, to do well in our league, you got to just be consistent week in and week out. you got to pitch good. you got to play good defense. you got to hit good. you got to get timely hits. Uh, and if you can do that over the the long haul, you know, those are the teams that end up with 40, 50 wins and their national seeds and hosting regionals. And I think that's one of our main goals this year. Like, we want to host a regional. And uh, and to do that, that means you got to really, really play well 
uh, in the ACC. I do think, and you know, I mean, I, I, I love, I love all sports, but just watching, uh, some of these NFL games right now and the way the back and forth and how competitive those games are, uh, I just think it, 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 it echoes what you see when college baseball, uh, gets to postseason play that, you know, uh, there's a lot of good teams at the end of the year. You hope your team is healthy and kind of clicking on all cylinders, but, you know, you can see teams that, you know, maybe aren't a Power Five conference team, like a Coastal Carolina would just be a great example that they got hot at the right time, played extremely well, and uh, you know, and and won a national championship. So it's, um, you know, it's it's possible, uh, but I do think you know you got to be consistent throughout the year, and then you just hope for, you know three weekends uh, in June that, that your team is playing at its best. We're chatting with Danny Hall, head baseball coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, in your time with the Yellow Jackets, obviously the ACC has expanded, uh, but have you seen the game change or evolve in any way or at the end of the day are the same fundamentals, the same keys, the same goals, still the same uh, ways to have success in this sport? No, I think it's evolved greatly. I just think college baseball in general has uh, just gotten better and better. And, you know, I think we can just look in our state. You got us and the University of Georgia uh, playing in two great conferences. But, you know, don't sleep on uh, Georgia Southern or Mercer or Kennesaw State or Georgia State. I think all those teams are highly competitive just uh, in our state. Uh, I think, you know, the, the bottom of our league has – has gotten way better and you know i just used notre dame as an example last year that you know they had not been a perennial power yet they're a top eight national seed and uh you know went to starkville miss or not yeah starkville and and, uh put mississippi state on the brink uh pushed them as hard as they could and then mississippi state ends up winning the national championship so i think that's what you're seeing just up and down all conferences is that there's a lot of good teams, a lot of good coaches, a lot of good players, and it just makes it ultra-competitive uh, throughout the regular season. Coach, you talked about, uh, you know, your uh, you know uh, your pitching staff and the guys you have. I mean, from one through nine, are you talking about you uh, – when you when you think about when you think about postseason play or regular season play, what 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 gives you guys is it is it anybody any having quality innings or is it making sure that you guys are playing you know quality baseball you know a game in a game out? I think it's just playing quality baseball, and, you know, and it, it always starts on the mound. So, you know, you have to pitch well for nine innings, and uh, then you have to play defense and not give teams extra outs and extra opportunities to score. And then you have to uh, just have good at-bats and, you know, up and down your lineup for nine innings uh, when you're on offense. So, you know, I think you just, you know, you want to play good in all phases of the game. And uh, and I think the teams that do that are the teams that are really really hard to uh, to beat. But it all starts with pitching. I mean, if your pitching staff throws strikes, and then you can kind of play defense behind them, uh, you can just about be in every uh, every baseball game you're going to play. Uh, coach, finally, as we're chatting with Danny Hall, Georgia Tech head baseball coach, did want to ask you about a uh, student athlete from down here in coastal Georgia, Jackson Finley, former star at Richmond Hill High School. I know uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery. How, how's he doing? Oh, he's doing great. You know, he's in his uh, rehab throwing program, and 
has progressed very well. He's working his uh, tail off just to, uh, you know, hopefully get back as our season progresses. We're kind of hoping maybe, you know, mid, mid-April mid to sometime in May that, you know, we see him back on the mound pitching for us. But he's also a hitter, and so we've got him uh, swinging the bat right now. But just long story short, I think he'll be able to contribute some for us uh, initially as a hitter. Uh, but ultimately, our goal is to uh, get him back on the mound, uh, you know, probably mid-April to, to May. But he's progressed really well. He's a great kid, hard worker, good student. And so we're all rooting for him to uh, to get out there this spring and, and contribute in a big way. Danny Hall, legendary head baseball coach at Georgia Tech, our guest here on 3 and Out. Coach, thank you so much uh, for the time, and I look forward to seeing some college baseball soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on. And Danny Hall into the ACC, Ben, one of the top conferences in the country, Georgia Tech, uh, in, in the preseason top 15 in a lot of these polls. And, uh, right there, I think, going to be right there with Miami and Clemson and for some of these programs uh, competing for national seeds out of the ACC. We'll come back. Jermaine Burton, Athens to Tuscaloosa. We'll get some perspective on that next. Drew DeArmond, 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. B.J. Bennett alongside Ben Troop. And, of course, big news, transfer portal. Uh, Jermaine Burton, former Georgia wide receiver, headed to Alabama. And with us now to talk about that with uh, TiderInsider.com, also 97.7 ESPN Tennessee Valley. Good friend of the show, Drew DeArmond. Drew, good afternoon. How are you? Good, guys. How you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, Jermaine Burton competing against Alabama. Now he's going to be a member of the Crimson Tide. Uh, I know you have uh, guys moving on to the next level, obviously. Is Jermaine Burton coming to Tuscaloosa to potentially be a, a top target for the Crimson Tide? Well, yeah, he needs to be, guys. I mean, the wide receiver room at Alabama is going to have a lot of youth now. Uh, all three of the main hogs and the starters went uh, pro to the NFL. I thought, you know, late in the year that we would that Jamison Williams and, and John Mechie would definitely go to the league. Uh, then both got hurt, but I knew Jamison Williams' stock wouldn't be affected that much. ACL, you can come back a lot quicker now uh, with his speed and the numbers he put up. Explosiveness. He's probably he was probably by before he got injured the top wide receiver prospect in the draft. So he has got a great chance to still go in, in at least the lower part of the first round. Now Mechie, I thought it might affect him because he's not considered a speed guy or an ex, a, a super explosive guy, but he's a playmaker. But I think he just decided he wanted to go ahead and go. Uh, he put three years in. He's a guy to me that around the third round area would be a steal because he moves the chains. He can make plays against uh, press man coverage, and he's a great blocker, really good leader, too. So the surprise was Slade Bolden, but Slade already had two degrees, and I think he kind of thought he had probably maximized himself, so he wanted to move on to the NFL. Uh, So, again, now Alabama's going to have to kind of replenish the room. Jermaine Burton brings experience. He brings a toughness. He was the leading receiver for this Georgia team uh, this past season. He played really well against Alabama and Tuscaloosa uh, in 2020 as a true freshman. So I think they're looking at him to bring some experience and leadership. He could, He's a physical guy like a Mechie, so he could take on that role. And so, you know, Trayshawn Holden right now is your leading receiver coming back. He only had 21 catches uh, for 239 and a touchdown. So, again, you're, you're going to need to add some experience there. He and Holden will be the experienced guys. Ja'Cory Brooks really came on. By the end of the season, it started making plays. 
And then you saw a glimpse of a Jai Hall. We'll see if he can take that next step to being someone you can count on in the regular season. So it's going to be interesting because I'm not even sure maybe guys after the spring that Alabama's not done. They might try to find another speed guy that can bring the ability to blow the top off like they did after last spring with J-Mo. So we'll see what happens. But very interesting so far that Alabama, they've gotten three big impact guys out of the portal. And I think Jermaine Burton is the latest. And I, I, I definitely think he's going to play a prominent role in the offense. And it's interesting, he came on the visit with his mother and never left. He enrolled in classes today and is, already, and is going to go through spring at Alabama. And, Drew, I mean, when you talk about this transfer port and get a guy like Jermaine Burton, a guy like Jameer Gibbs, it's one thing to be, you know, four- and five-star guys coming out of high school, but how much of it is what they've done when they actually own the field? You see what Jameer Gibbs did for a team like Georgia Tech. You see what Jermaine Burton did, not just last year, but what he did against uh, Alabama, you know, uh, you know, at Alabama. How much is, uh, you know, a guy, you know, like Nick, Nick Saban saying, look, man, you got to fit what we do, not just have five stars next to your name. Yeah, you do. You have to fit in. There's no doubt. Getting all these guys in for spring, including Elijah Ricks, is huge. I mean, you've got to get them, you know, indoctrinated into what you're doing. You know, and, and as you guys know, both Alabama's corners went to the NFL. Josh Job, uh, you know, and Jalen Armour Davis. So, Ricks is a guy that you think you can plug and play. But going through spring, getting a long look at him is big. Jameer Gibbs, we've already heard great things about how he looked in the preparation up to the national championship game. He was already down there getting a chance to work out. As you guys know, the running back room is ravaged with uh, ACL injuries. Uh, you know, this past season when you had Jake McClellan go down, who I think was probably the biggest loss to the offense uh, because he went down so early. Uh, the, the two receivers went down late. But Jace was a very versatile guy, a guy that could, ru- uh, could run block and catch, one of Saban's favorites. So he went down in September. But, uh, you know, you got Jace and Roy Dell Williams coming off of those. Trey Sanders was still recovering from his accident this year, so he'll have a chance to get even healthier. So, it, you know, they, the running back room will probably be largely, uh, you know, in the spring, I would think, non-contact. So it'll give Jameer Gibbs a chance to get a lot of reps. He's a versatile guy that can, can catch. You know, they, they compare him some to Alvin Kamara. He was on a team, as you know, Ben, that was not very good at Georgia Tech but he put up all ACC numbers. So he'll be surrounded by a better cast at Alabama, as will Jermaine Burton. The passing game, I think, is better at Alabama than it is at Georgia. So I think Burton looked at, it, looked at this as an opportunity to go to an offense where he can be featured more because at Georgia, it rotates around the running backs and the tight ends. They don't target wide receivers as much. So I think that probably went into his, his decision to transfer. But I think all three of these guys, can be plug-and-play starters, and I think Burton, I like his toughness. You know, certainly he put up even better numbers than Jamison Williams did at Ohio State at Georgia, so I don't think he's, you know, the explosive guy that Jamison was, but I think he's got good enough speed, and I think he's physical, and I think he fits in well with what Alabama's going to do, and I think getting him was a, a big, big boon for Alabama, and it weakens Georgia because now their wide receiver core is going to have to kind of be rebuilt as well. It'll be interesting to see if Georgia makes a counter move in the portal. Drew DeArmond here with us on three and out. And what's big picture? What's kind of Alabama Nick Saban's philosophy with the transfer portal? Because you've seen, of course, you know the big names, the great success stories: Jamison Williams, Henry Toe Toe. Now you have Ricks and Gibbs and Burton. Is it we're still going to uh, you know construct our roster with the best recruiting class in the country? Maybe 
two or three guys through the transfer portal every year? Is that kind of the status quo, or is it is it sort of fluid for Alabama? Well, I, guys, I think it's fluid. I think what Nick Saban does is he takes a look at his roster, and he they missed on a couple of cornerback prospects like a Damani Jackson and a Denver Harris late. Damani went to Southern Cal. Denver went to Texas A&M. And so they realized they needed Elijah Ricks. And then when you lose three receivers to the NFL, they knew they needed Jermaine Burton. Maybe they add another piece. We'll see. They got a four-man class coming in and then a freak tight end. Uh, that Ben Troop, uh, Ben, you're going to really love this kid, Amari Nyblack. Remember that name, a uh, newly minted five-star from Miami, uh, the Miami Panhandle area that's coming into Alabama. So, you know, the thing is, it, but I think Saban looked at it, and then, of course, with Jameer Gibbs, you've got a banged-up running back room. Brian Robinson's moving on to the NFL, and he had a great year as a first-team All-SEC player, maximized his senior season to create value for himself. But he realized that those three positions, he needed a player. And his philosophy is, he's always said in the portal, he, he takes the kid if he thinks he can come in and start. That's the way he does it. And so, you know, if, if they add another piece or two, like Fedarian Mathis has moved on to the NFL, so is LeBron Ray. Perhaps they, they look for a, the right defensive lineman. Perhaps after the spring, if they're not, you know, satisfied with the, with the progress of, you know, J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, they are, you know, or Amari Kite. Maybe they take a look at an offensive tackle. But I think what Nick Saban's ultimate philosophy is, he still wants to develop high school players in his program. He still wants to bring in a, a JUCOs to come in and plug and play. But if he's going into the transfer portal, it's because of a, a, a you know, a big area of need, and he wants to take a player that can come in and. You know, once he you know gets indoctrinated into the system at Alabama, that they believe can quickly uh, ascend to a, a starter's uh, position. Uh, you know, within the football team when they bring in somebody via the transfer portal. Drew uh, Drew Armand, ninety-seven seven ESPN Tennessee Valley uh, and TiterInsider.com. Our guest is uh, Georgia former Georgia wide receiver Jermaine Burton, uh, now with Alabama. Drew, thank you so much for the time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And, Ben, you're talking about a guy that clearly can play, uh, has been one of the best receivers in the SEC. Uh, if you count Brock Bowers as a tight end, Burton was the leading receiver amongst receivers uh, for Georgia. And uh, as you heard Drew say, look, we need a running back, we're going to go get a running back. We need a receiver, we're going to go get a receiver. But we're getting guys that we believe can come in and start and I think that'll be the case with with uh, Burton. Yeah, I mean Burton BJ as as uh you know as Drew mentioned, I mean he had his had a really really good game against Alabama. So when when the thing is when people ask when does the evaluation process stop when you talk about college football, it doesn't stop. Yeah, they, that's they, a good they, point. They they understand that guys are always uh you know looking to be in the best possible position. Listen, do you want to win the national championship? Yes, but you also want to be able to achieve your individual goals while also achieving the team goal. Jermaine Burton BJ, as we mentioned, was when we talked about him and we, potentially having him and uh you know uh. You know, uh, Pickens on the other side, you were saying how good could his offense be? Obviously, Pickens end up getting hurt. But I think Jermaine Burden proves that, one, you know, Alabama, they don't want everybody. You got to be able to fit in. They say he could potentially come in because, you know, with guys like Williams and guys like uh, Messi moving on to the, you know, uh, to the National Football League, he got some big shoes to fill. But I think he's ready for the challenge. And as he mentioned, BJ, Shamir Gibbs already on campus, uh, was able to go out there and practice getting ready for the, uh, for the National Championship game. Welcome back with more. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Back here with you, three and out. B.J. Bennett alongside Ben Troop and uh, had a call during the break from Steve. I uh, wanted to know, Ben, if we thought the NFL overtime rules should be changed. We addressed this in the open to the show. We'll get into it 
uh, more moving forward. But in short, yes, they're terrible. A coin flip, those rules, a coin flip, and I understand Buffalo had a chance to make a stop, but a coin flip decided which defense had to go out there. A coin flip decided which quarterback got the ball. In the AFC Divisional, come on, we can do better than that, right? Yes, it should be changed, BJ. And yes, uh, Steve, I do agree. You know, is, is, it, is it helping or hurting the game? It's hurting the game because at the end of the day, as, as BJ so eloquently said when we first came on the show, one team did not even get a chance to come back out on the field because of a coin flip. This is the National Football League which has a competition committee, out of all the rules that need to be changed, this is one that has to be at the top of the list because we should not have a game decided because one team called heads and the other team called tails. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call. I did want to mention uh, we talked about Jermaine Burton uh, transferring to Alabama. You had former Georgia defensive backs Latavius Brini uh, transferring to Arkansas and uh, Lavoisier Carroll transferring to South Carolina. So a couple of players from Georgia not only entering the transfer portal, but uh, staying in the SEC. And I think all of these guys will have a uh, chance to play and be impact players, obviously, right away. Listen, Coach Shane Beamer, Coach Sam Pittman get to add to their roster, BJ, and, uh, and it just shows that the product uh, on the field when it comes to University of Georgia, if you don't think these players are highly sought after, not just on, and on their respective teams all over, shout out to those young men being able to continue their athletic and academic careers in Arkansas and South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. A busy final hour. We'll chat with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He has a new mock draft out. Has the Falcons taking a big name at number eight? I think a lot of Falcons fans would love this. Kyle Hamilton Woo! falling to eight. Has Jacksonville taken Aiden Hutchinson? We'll get into that. Also, something to think about. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl, former Georgia quarterback Matt Stafford, if he wins the Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? I think he probably is. So a lot to get to. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network ESPN Coastal. Back here with you, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hope you're doing well. A lot to get to here in the final hour. We'll continue to talk about what was an incredible, amazing, breathtaking uh, playoff weekend. Controversial, potentially. I uh, just had a call about the overtime rules. We'll dive back into that. But the draft on the horizon as well. And with us now from the Sporting News has his latest mock draft out, Vinny Iyer. Vinny, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having guys. Well, thanks so much for coming on the program. Uh, obviously, not far from us, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one overall pick. I think more years than not, uh, you have a star quarterback set to go there, but it looks like maybe an edge rusher. I know you have the Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson. Do you think he's the best option for Jacksonville here at number one overall? Well, I think it depends a little bit on the scheme they get. I think I'm pretty even on Aiden Hutchinson there from Michigan, and they came up to Vanilla Morgan. They're different style of players, still can be effective getting to the quarterback in different ways. I think Hutchinson, to me, is better suited in kind of a 4-3 look. Uh, he has some attributes of Trey Henderson, who I really like uh, for the Bengals now. He had a big year for the Saints last year, so he's that type of player. Thibodeau, I think, it's a little bit more versatile, gives you a little bit more looks from maybe three, four, but it's very specific. I know teams mainly operate hybrid schemes now, so you can work either guy into the other scheme, but I think when you look at base, I think that's the decision they have to make in Jacksonville. What direction are they going in defensively with the new coaching staff? So a lot of the questions still to be figured out here with a lot of teams that lands we're picking second. They're going to wonder if they're going to keep their offense, and that could change things as well with their approach to the draft. Vinny, when you think about a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, obviously he's a he's a he's a big time pass rusher. How much is he benefited from the fact that when it comes to when it comes to drafting guys number one overall, if you're not going to be the guy, you know, under center, it's got to be the guy chasing those guys under center, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the past few drafts. I mean, the highest guys that were taken, you look at Miles Garrett, he went number one overall. You look at Nick Bosa, and those guys have had a big impact. And TJ Watt was a steal for the Steelers, a few picks down from number one. So, yeah, you got to impact the passing game in some way, whether you do it with a guy that's going to help you overcome those pass rushers or help you get to all those elite passers. So you cannot have enough guys who can get to the quarterback now as you see the quarterback play getting more difficult in this league to figure out as we saw in this divisional round of the playoffs. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, here with us on 3 and Out. Uh, Follow-up about the Jaguars. I know some Jacksonville fans have said, listen, we have Trevor Lawrence. He's our franchise. The offensive line has been has been good at times, but you have Cam Robinson, who's a free agent. Uh, is there a chance Jacksonville looks at maybe an Evan Neal, for example, with this number one overall pick? I think that would be a strong consideration for sure. I've had him knocked to the Jaguars a few times. Just the matter of do they feel that Robinson's good enough with Lawrence with a different type of coach that we saw with the Bengals. I mean, they've had awful pass protection, but they're in the AFC Championship game because they have Joe Burrow and doing his things and in the right scheme to help them overcome that. So you got to weigh that. And last year, the debate for the Bengals was do you have the offensive lineman or the wide receiver? And right now, there's some wide receivers that are slowly rising up the boards. I don't think they're quite there in the early part of this draft, but maybe they will be at the end of this process. You look at uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in Ohio State, and unfortunately for Janice Williams, but Alabama had an injury. So those are things you have to weigh. Where can you also address? your team best in free agency with your cap situation, who are the guys available there in March, and that kind of also helps you set up what you're going to do in April, and Robinson's going to be a big factor in that, the Jaguars either way. Last year, the, uh, last year, the, uh, the Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. This year, you got him drafted Kyle Hamilton, big time safety out of Notre Dame. How talk about his versatility and how you know how he's a sideline to sideline safety, with, and how does he uh, you know uh, compare with a guy like AJ Terrell who made tremendous strides going into year two. Yeah, I like to have an inside-outside combination in the secondary. I think it's pretty critical right now. We know teams that are deep and are going to nickel back or have a guy that can cross over from free safety. I know the safety designations are not what they once were, but having that ability to cover inside guys as well as maybe support sometimes as an extra linebacker. I think Kyle Hamilton can do a lot of those things there. We saw him make a lot of big plays to Notre Dame, control things in the middle of the field, and the Falcons need that. I mean, they're going to be – Quite empty safety with their situation, but already not the greatest. And, yeah, it's nice to have A.J. Corral where you can have one corner you rely on. And they say, okay, Hamilton, he can help us in other ways as well, help our coverage inside, but he's also going to make some impact plays against the run and uh, give us some takeaways. The Falcons are in the top ten. Uh, normally when you're in the top ten, if, if, if you have an aging quarterback, you at least look around at that position. Do you think the Falcons seriously consider a quarterback with that uh, first pick at number eight? I think the Falcons are one of those teams in the first round. It's a bit of a wild card. I, I think that uh, gave the Titans a quarterback now and a Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati late in the first round. They're one of those teams where you don't think it's an obvious need, but if the right player comes along and they fall in love with that player in the process and realize he's going to raise the upside in Arthur Smith's offense, you have to go in that direction. So, And there's a lot of uh, variables on board because there's all these teams picking their Carolina, Washington, Denver, what are they going to do with quarterbacks? And later in the round, you have New Orleans and Pittsburgh. What are they going to do? And then you think about uh, where are all these quarterbacks that could be on the move going, like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Sean Watson and 
on the lesser level, Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's going to be a bit of a quarterback carousel happening here, and you have to kind of figure out where your team fits that. Are you happy with where you are with Matt Ryan? Can you get a few more years out of him and maybe compete again at a high level if you address some other positions? So it's not fun to be one of these rebuilding teams for sure that it's trying to get where all these playoff teams are at. Meaning when you think about a team like the Jags or the Falcons, I mean, both teams picking in the top in the top eight picks. I mean, do you draft for need or do you or do you get best player available? Because you got two teams that need a lot. I mean, they need a lot on both sides of the ball with Jacksonville being very young. I know we talk about the pass rushes, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, maybe an Evan Neal at number one. We talked about Kyle Hamilton, BJ mentioned the quarterback at eight. Does it come down to best best player available or do you got the draft for need when you're drafting that high? Well, I think with the Jaguars and Falcons, best player they're going to need one of the same in some ways that they can go after best player. They're going to upgrade their team however they look at it. And that's why it's a tough decision there and to figure out where the Jaguars might go. Do they want to help and protect Lawrence better? Can they afford Robinson? Do they want to go in a different direction there or just say, look, we just want to take the most impactful player in this draft regardless of position? I think the Jaguars are showing that position. You're a team that's at the bottom of the AFC, you're having yet another uh, coaching change here at 3-14. and 14. Yeah, you have a little bit more flexibility. Falcons are kind of caught in that muddled middle where there are a lot of promising things that developed last year. So are you in a position to go ahead and draft Matt Line's successor, or do you just have to look at the best defensive player available, which would be what a lot of Falcons fans are hoping for? Or does something happen where you fall in love with the offensive lineman then right after Evan Neal goes and you want to go in that direction? So there are a lot of uh, ways you can approach it when you're a team that uh, has multiple holes and concerns and trying to get there. And I think with the Jaguars and Falcons, you're looking at a two-year probably plan here going forward to get to that point to compete at a high level again. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News here with us on 3 and Out, has a new mock draft out. And finally, just wanted to ask you kind of a, a, a question at large about this draft. I know some people have said, oh, well, there's not a star quarterback. Maybe this draft class isn't as good. How does this draft class, maybe in terms of top talent, first-round talent, compare to some of the previous drafts we've seen? Yeah, I think it's still developing. I don't think it has that same marquee value that we've seen in recent drafts here. It's not like the draft that we had a few years ago with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Josh Rosen did work out, but Lamar Jackson was in that class as well. Then last year we know it was pretty, or this year was pretty start started there with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So I don't think there's that level of star power, but we're still learning a lot more about these guys and how they fit in the NFL and Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. It goes on and on here with these guys that have this potential. I think this uh, pre-draft process with the All-Star Games, the Senior Bowl especially, Combine, we're going to learn a lot about these players. And Keep in mind, you're also looking for a guy that's going to max out in your system. And it's helpful to have a system in place and knowing what kind of quarterback can excel that. Because we know you can use a high kind of quarterback, but if you have a bad system that's not going to help that quarterback, it's not going to mean much no matter who he is. Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News, has Aiden Hutchinson going number one to Jacksonville, Kyle Hamilton going number eight to Atlanta in his latest mock draft. Vinny, thanks so much for the time. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. And I think some good thoughts, Ben, when you think about the options for Jacksonville, the options uh, potentially for Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta's going to have to respond to what happens in front of them. Jacksonville can do whatever it wants. But if Kyle Hamilton falls to Atlanta, and then he said it, you know, maybe traditionally safeties, you don't look at safeties and go, oh, that's a locked top 10 player. 
He's 6'4", he's 220, he's great against the run, he's great against the pass. I mean, he's every down, every situation. I think that would be a home run, the safety out of Notre Dame for the Falcons. Now, BJ, when I say this, I'm being very, very modest. I mean, just, just stay with me for a second. I, I played in the time of Sean Taylor, and I didn't ever think I would see a guy that big, that fast, that athletic, being able to play the free safety position. I am not saying that Kyle Hamilton is Sean Taylor, but the thing about it is, is, isn't it crazy that we always trying to get one of those guys? And you know, these coaches, they 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 go back a long way as far as like guys they seen. But if you, I mean, we always talk about that play against Florida State. I mean, when the ball was strong, he wasn't even nowhere in the pitch and end up picking it off. Kyle Hamilton is a big time player. He's an impact player. And BJ Dira, I say he's a guy you can definitely definitely worthy of a top ten pick. He's gonna need some help around it, but him go along with AJ Terrell and get some more guys in the draft for free agency. Dira, I say he can help bolster a defense that's definitely searching or still searching for an identity. And when you're at eight, it it it's hard to have a concrete plan and say yeah. we're getting this guy yeah. because you don't know what's gonna happen. But uh could we see a quarterback in the mix? I wanna get into that. What should the Falcons at least want to do at eight? Let's come back and discuss that. Best player available, immediate impact player, or quarterback of the future? It's a worthy discussion. We'll come back. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I'm telling us during the break that, hey, the Green Bay is an organization has now come out and said, we want all the way through everybody. Once Aaron Rodgers back, okay. But will he come back? And then Kim said, I know, Ben, disappointing game last time out for Tennessee. The Titans struggling a little bit at quarterback. Cam said, could he, could he come to the Titans? It's a nice city. It's a real nice city. I mean, I, I got to grow up there as a as a as a as a young man in the nasty ass. BJ, you got a chance to see it in 2019. Oh, yeah, awesome. Kind of took you around, kind of took you around the city. It ain't as cold as Green Bay. They got real buildings there. I don't, you know, I've been to Green Bay, and there ain't much going on outside of the Green Bay Packers at all. You don't have to deal with the snow. Wait, they don't have real buildings in Green Bay? They don't they, well. They ain't big enough buildings for you to like. I always say, if you jump off a building and all you're gonna do is hurt your ankle, that that's Green Bay. They got tall buildings like skyscrapers uh, in downtown uh, Nashville. But no, BJ, he get a chance to have uh, you know Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, potentially wow. Julio Jones. Okay, I'm Something. just saying, like I can't. There are two. Listen, when it comes to certain teams, like, like I can root for the A-Town Down Falcons because I grew up an A-Town Down Falcon fan. Played for the Titans, you know. If he, listen, if he go, if 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 Tom Brady uh, quits football and he goes to Tampa Bay, I'm not watching football. He's anymore. going to the Steelers. I, I'm oh, say, okay, Roger. You, you I, think you think he wants to only go to prestigious franchises? I, I, this, this has just been the rumor for some time. But Atlanta's here at eight in the draft. I want to get back into this because, and, and Kim, I think you and I might agree on this. Is when you're in a position like Atlanta, you obviously understand that and. Let's just say, for sake of argument, Kyle Hamilton's there. Mm-hmm. He makes you a lot better now. Yeah. Okay. You draft Kyle Hamilton, you're a lot better now. Mm-hmm. You draft, I don't know, uh, you know, who knows who's going to be there, but Derek Stingley Jr., mm-hmm. you're a lot better now. Mm-hmm. You draft Jamison Williams, you're a lot better now. But I do think something we talked about last week and last year, you had the opportunity to go quarterback. You went with a generational tight end, and I think Kyle Pitts lived up to the expectations. Mm-hmm. But you're the Atlanta Falcons, meaning you've been one of the better organizations in the NFC, in the NFL. You've not been Jacksonville. You've not been Cleveland. You've not been Detroit, meaning you don't expect to pick in the top 5 to 10 every year. I think there might be something to be said for while you're there, get your quarterback. Because if you're Atlanta and you feel like you're going to be a, 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 a better team, if you know you live up to your potential, I think you can be a better team. Well, if you're a better team, that means you're not drafting number 8. That means you're drafting 17, 19, 21, mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. When you draft there, franchise quarterbacks normally aren't available. 
And maybe there's not somebody now that you're completely in love with. I, I don't know. I think I would take a serious look at Kenny Pickett. I think I would take a serious look at Malik Willis. I think I would take a serious look at Matt Corral because you're in a position where you can draft a franchise quarterback. That's rare, and I know, Ben, you've talked about whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Rodgers. There have been situations where you draft a guy. You tell, look, I mean, he knows. You're not starting this year. This is Matt Ryan's team. But after that, I mean, Cam, you were saying last year, look, Justin Fields would have made a lot of sense last year. You ended up going Kyle Pitts. I think you have to heavily consider quarterback here. No, Cam, no, before Cam even goes, why do we why do we make it seem as if you can't you could drive a quarterback BJ this year and next year? Like everybody gonna say that the next year's draft. But a lot of people will say if you draft a quarterback, why draft a guy that's not gonna start when you're yeah, not in yeah, your window? Yeah, but, but but the thing is too, right? We are we we always talk about uh, certain guys in the league, right? Like uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean uh, Aaron Rodgers. He didn't play for what, two, almost three years, right? He waited. Phillip Rivers, when he first got uh to the to the Chargers, Drew Brees was there. So BJ, there is something to say about you. It's not so much you playing behind a guy. Like, sometimes you got to understand what the position really means. Like, we know you play quarterback, but if you Trevor Lawrence, you got to learn how to continue to maintain that enthusiasm while losing. You're going to lose. This is the first time he ever lost in his life. When you talk about a guy like a Kenny Pickett, sometimes, BJ, you don't want to throw him in. The, I, I look at Justin Fields this year, in and out, in and out, in and out of the lineup. What does that do to him when it's finally ready? Okay, because – if you put me in there and told me it's my team and you put me back out, what happens when you find all right, this your, I ain't gonna believe it. You gotta it's it's a mental thing, but Matty Ice is not appreciated enough for what he's meant to Atlanta. He's gone through what, 13, 14 drafts? Same guy. All these different guys around him never gave him a real, a big time defense and still got it done. But at a certain point, you have to move on. Either he moves on and said, I'm not playing anymore, or you gotta say, we got to bring in the guy. I know the whole thing was the whole Justin Fields thing. Could you have gotten Justin Fields now? Sometimes, BJ, you know, if the talent level is better with the guy you're bringing in, you go ahead and let him, let him play. I don't know if anybody – if Justin feels more talented than Matty Ice, maybe like physically, yes. Mentally, we'll, you know, we'll have to see. But, yeah, I do think at a certain point you got to get that QB because, unfortunately, we know what, we, we know what Matty Ice is, right? He gonna, he gonna, he's going to do the best with what, what he has. But what, what, what's really hurting this Falcons team is there is no offensive identity anymore. Like, Kyle Pitts is great. You don't have a number one receiver because he left. Get your number one receiver, but I do think you address – because, BJ, you talk about Kyle Hamilton, you talk about Derrick Steen. They make you better. I don't know how much better. Because unless they're making plays on the defensive side of the ball that are directly affecting the game, they're another piece. A quarterback? Because, unfortunately, I hate to do it. Look what Joe Burrow does for Cincinnati, right, for the whole team. So I do think you got to try to get you a quarterback. And my thing is this, man. Let, let's face it. We talk about players after they pan out. No one knew how good Aaron Rodgers is going to be, but it's easy to say it now based on what he is. I believe because we don't know, systems make quarterbacks. Not the quarterback himself. You don't believe me? When, 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 the, when the Ravens adjusted what they do to Lamar, look at what it does for the team. People don't like it, but injuries are the reason why the Ravens didn't make the playoffs. No other reason. Injuries. And I think Harbaugh might have did his best coaching job. So, yes, go out there and get you a QB and put him in a system, and let's see. Because the thing about it is, if Matty Ice ain't, ain't going that much money against the cap, is he still a Falcon? Let's be honest now. That's a <laughs> lot of money, and people don't want to pick up that I much money. for the answer is no. <laughs> so, I, so I think, BJ, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, you ask yourself, what are we waiting for? Matty Ice has signed, what, three different contracts in Atlanta? So they more than – Compensated him, gave you a regular season MVP, gave you a Super Bowl uh, appearance, right? Got Atlanta 
out of the dark ages into a, you know, uh, not a perennial, you know, playoff team, but at least, you know, respectable. Yeah, you're a good team. You're yeah, a good, so yeah. I, I, think, I think my thing is, what's the worst that can happen? They're losing now with a veteran QB. Go out there and get you a QB. I will say this. The three greatest, best quarterbacks I've seen, um, Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes, none of them started their rookie year. So I think people forget that. Um, everybody thinks, you know, when you drive a quarterback, they make an immediate impact. Well, those three never started. They didn't start. Until a lesser degree, Lamar Jackson took him like eight games. Herbert didn't start. Um, I will say this. Look at the formula in which Tampa Bay did. I don't think people recognize your guy, Kyle Trask. He was drafted this past draft to be Brady's successor. Same with Jordan Love. But he, he was the first pick of the yeah, second round. He was the first pick of the second round. Jordan Love, he was a first-round pick when they could have got Aaron Rodgers Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who was still available at the time. Guys like that. They went and drafted Jordan Love to replace Rodgers. I just personally think, and I agree with you, BJ, they got to get a quarterback if he's like, if it's like the right slot, everything's available. All the defensive players you want have been taken. And you see Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett to a degree, because I think Kenny Pickett is ready to play now. I don't think he's a guy you he let He was in college behind. for like seven years. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's ready to play now. Matt Corral and Malik Willis, those are projects. To a lesser degree, Sam Howell in the second round, who you could possibly get, is kind of a project you let sit behind Matt. But you're right. They're 7-10 and 10 this year. It's unlikely to see a 7-win team at the number 8 pick. Next year, that's going to be at 15-16 in the middle of the pack. So I agree with you on that, BJ. They, you might, this might be your only shot to get a quarterback if you think you're going to be competitive. And tweet at us, at Pigskin Radio, uh, at ESPN Coastal. Give us a call, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184. I understand the counter of, because some may say, well, look, maybe you have one or two years left with Matt Ryan. You want to have as talented a roster around him as possible. And I can appreciate that. But to Ben's point, I, I, I don't know the answer to this. Is Kyle Hamilton enough to, if you don't have a lot of cap space, to turn you from a 500-ish team to a, you know, one of the, Favorites to win the Super Bowl? I, probably not. Uh, you know, maybe. I mean, you never know with these guys. But I also think maybe even more so than you want to maximize Matt Ryan's final year, what you don't want is to be at the end of Matt Ryan's career looking around going, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And you've seen that happen to a number of franchises, mm-hmm. and it normally isn't pretty. That normally is a multi-year problem to fix. And I think, to Cam's point, like we were talking about, Normally, Ben, you uh, told Vinny, when you're in the top 10 drafting at the top, you either draft a quarterback or you draft the guys who are chasing them. And maybe there's an edge rusher out there that, yeah. that, that, that Atlanta loves. But I do think you don't plan on being here. So while you're at eight, you were at four, what, four last year, and yeah. you got your generational tight end. Yeah. While you're at eight, and given that the top quarterback isn't going to go number one, number two this year, there might be a chance whoever the number one guy on your board has been, mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe it's Willis, maybe it's Howell. I mean, who knows? I, I think Pickett is probably QB1, but whoever it is, there's a chance to have a plan after Matt Ryan. And there's something to be said about, and no pick is a guarantee, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said about planning for the long term with a pick like this. Think about this. I mean, something we talked about earlier in the show, just say uh, just say the Tom Brady moves on. Who scares you in the division now? I mean, Sam Donner is a starting quarterback for Carolina. You don't know who's going to be the quarterback for New Orleans, and Tampa Bay got to get a new quarterback. The, the division is open again. So now, because let's face it, it's Tom Brady, as long as he's the quarterback in Tampa, it's theirs to lose, right? It's their division to lose. Well, who scares you? Taysom Hill? Sam Darnold. So I think that 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 it's almost like, can we get a quarterback now that we can start developing? And if Tom Brady's going, I believe that because 
the Tampa Bay Bucks are gonna look gonna be a different team. I don't know if Gronk is gonna come back. I don't know if Leonard Fournette is gonna come back. Chris right. Godwin obviously got hurt. He's a free agent, so it's gonna be a different team, right? If Tom Brady leaves, what does that do for the whole division? And if you are Atlanta, just say BJ, just say Cam, you got one more year with uh, you know, with Matty Ice. Doesn't Matty Ice at least owe you a chance to at least like kind of like you know, kind of like go out there and like bring somebody on this wing, especially when I know. This is the future. Yeah, chance to learn from that. Because, because, yeah. because, because what I'm saying is, you know, when you when you think about some of the greatest ever do it, people go, why is T.O. so good? Who did T.O. learn under? Jerry Rice. Like, that's that's who was on the other side of the ball from him. When you think about guys who was had really, really good careers, they had guys that were showing them the way. So I do think Matty Ice probably got one more year, and I will say this. The Atlanta Falcons have more than done right by Matty Ice. More than done right by him. Matty Ice and Julio were the reason why they couldn't sign nobody. They had to pick. They picked Julio. That's how they signed their whole rookie class. Go out there and get you a quarterback. You're going to have to move on. You will love. And Matty Ice, hopefully he's a lifer. I don't think that Matty Ice, when his career is over in Atlanta, he's going to try to do the whole, let me try to salvage my career. I think it's, he's going to move on. But I do think, yes, get you a quarterback right now. Because when people say, quote, this is a this is a bad quarterback class, according to what? I mean, Kenny Pickett did for Pitt. Why? Because it, it ain't Clemson, it ain't DJU. I'm no, sorry. I do think that's a good point, though, is is we kind of create in our minds like months before the draft, all these guys are good and all these guys stink. And it's like when you look at these at these quarterbacks, I mean, Kenny Pickett led Pitt to an ACC championship. I mean, he beat Clemson. I mean, Kenny Pickett had a fantastic season. Malik Willis. In, uh, Liberty was, what, undefeated yes. in the national polls. Mm-hmm. Beat Coastal Carolina in the Cure Bowl a couple of years ago. You're talking about Matt Corral that had Ole Miss – in the in the Sugar Bowl, yes. I mean, these are quarterbacks. That Sam Howell, all kind of records that nobody can talk like, about. Oh, I think over ninety career. Yeah, tests, I so I, was, you know. I, I do agree with that. I I do. I would be careful if I'm a fan going. Yeah, well, these guys <laughs> like. That's a good question. Well, Why? Well, well, that's, well, that's what we do, right? But if DJ? everybody's saying these guys aren't that good. They're not what? from the big-name schools, Georgia, Clemson, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma. So that's why they don't get that love. You've seen Fields, Georgia, um, Georgia, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. You get Trey Lance. I know he comes from North Dakota State, but the the prowess was there. And then Zach Wilson, BYU, they were on the scene last year. Mm-hmm. None of these guys were on the scene this year. That's why the hype isn't there, but I don't think this is a bad QB class, though. BJ, and we being honest, right? We legit, legit. We're not when you talk about quarterbacks as a whole, you're not looking at obviously every game they play in. You're looking at certain moments. Sam Howell, Sam Howell, you see my big arms. I mean, because the thing about it is they underachieved. But when you gave him two big time receivers, Deami Brown, those guys, look at what he did. So in a sense, you're saying, oh, what, what was he? When was he at his best? Oh man, you give him two receivers, man, a running game. You don't put the game on his shoulder. Boom. I mean, think about it. You see, you, they, they, they ask. I mean, what you want to give Joe Burrow? Give him Jamar Chase. Why? I mean, I, I think when you and so I do think that putting guys around him. But when people say this is a bad quarterback class, according to what? Because they're not the headliners. That don't mean it's a bad quarterback class. I mean, pick it. You talking about Willis? You talking about How? You talking about Corral? Look at what they did for their teams. When nobody talking about Ole Miss like that, what nobody even thinking about North Carolina at all? And I think the only reason why we start doing this, we start saying, "Oh man, start judging them on the picks." Picks mean I took I took chances. That happens. But BJ, if we just just a, just a straight just blind taste test, you look at what Sam Howell did at North Carolina. How many teams would have loved to have Sam Howell on their team to do what he did? So. I do think it's a, a a good enough quarterback class, and let's face it, you got the top ten quarterbacks, and it's a big drop off. I think these guys will be able to go out there and make names for themselves. Right, speaking of quarterbacks, the legacy of Matt Stafford the last couple of weeks seems to be changing a little bit. It went from can't win in the playoffs, hasn't won in the playoffs. All right, did that. Well, no way he's going to beat Brady. Not in Tampa. Did that. 
What would a Super Bowl win mean for former Georgia quarterback Matt Stafford? We'll talk about that next. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. So here's where we are with Matt Stafford as we're back here with you on three and out. Uh, career stats and regular season stats and postseason stats are a different thing. So regular season stats for Matt Stafford, 49,995 career passing yards. That is 12th all time. 323 passing touchdowns. That is 12th all time. Uh, I Talking with Christian earlier today about uh, Matt Stafford, he mentioned this is now uh, the quarterback for the two most prolific seasons by a receiver in NFL history. He was the quarterback with Calvin Johnson, most yards in a year, uh, quarterback for Cooper Cup, obviously second most yards in a season. Entering the playoffs, he had never won a playoff game. Okay, so go back a couple of weeks ago, never won a playoff game. No matter how good your stats are, you cannot be in the conversation for all time this or that without some postseason success. You can't. Uh, that's just the way it is. Not saying it necessarily should be that way, but that's the way it is. Since that point, you now have a couple of wins, and you went toe-to-toe with Brady. I know the Bucks made a comeback, but you largely dominated uh, in a quarterback matchup with Brady, went for 366 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and we don't know this yet, but theoretically, I mean, could he have ended Tom Brady's career? Probably. I, 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 theoretically, so if you look at, and, and that's one of those games, right? You have to have kind of a, a three or four signature type games. I think Matt Stafford just had one. You went to Tampa, played Brady, having his best statistical season ever, and beat Brady maybe, we don't know this, but maybe ended his career. If they win this weekend, and I think they're probably the favorite. I haven't seen a line, but I would imagine they're the favorite over the 49ers. And get to the Super Bowl where they will be at home. Will we be looking at a situation, Ben, where the Rams win and Matt Stafford is a Hall of Famer? Because assuming he comes back for another year, or I would assume a couple of more years, he will be a guy that finishes well into the top 10 in passing yards, well into the top 10 in passing touchdowns, and under this scenario we're talking about, he would have a championship run that would include a win over Brady. Would a Super Bowl championship make Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer in your mind? Yes. And the reason and the reason why I can say it's a definitive yes, BJ, is because that's what quarterbacks are known for, right? We were saying, what did you do for your team? We talked about Aaron Rodgers and, and, and has his tenure with uh, Green Bay been disappointed. I said yes because he hasn't made enough Super Bowls. You and Cam said, I mean, uh, no, because it's not a disappointment because he has been to a Super Bowl. You think about a guy like Matt Stafford, right? We kept saying, how good is he? Is he a guy that, you know, a bunch of, you know, I mean, I think he's had a couple of, what, 4,000, 5,000 yard seasons. And you talk about BJ uh, is responsible for the two of the most prolific uh, single seasons by a receiver in the NFL. Here's where Megatron and I Cooper Cup. People ask, what happens if you give him a team around him? What happens if you give him a defense? Well, first year first year under Sean McVay, they in the, they in the uh, NFC Championship game. Might get a chance if they win on Sunday to host uh uh, a Super Bowl, uh, like uh, like the Tampa Bay Bucks did last year. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is never. I think Matthew Stafford is the fastest to a thousand, ten thousand yards, twenty thousand yards, and thirty thousand yards in his career. You talk about what he's doing, BJ. He's twelfth all time in passing yards, twelfth all time in a pass to touchdowns. Matthew Stafford is a talented individual. I remember when he came my number one overall in 2009, I was thinking, how good is this guy going to be? Because obviously I think he underachieved at Georgia when you end up, when you see where he became, uh, the, the way he got drafted. But he elevates the status quo of a team. He, he does. It, 
you know, when people say, well, did they lose because of him in Detroit? No, I just think Detroit is just a losing franchise that had a really, really good player. He's kind of doing for he's kind of doing for himself what Joe Burrow is doing for Cincinnati. He's showing that you give me some players around. And mind you, he didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. all season. He got added, uh, you know, during the season. But what he's doing with Cooper Cup and those guys is, is incredible. But yes, BJ, I mean, because think about it. You know, what really keeps a quarterback out? It ain't like they'll say, okay, he got the numbers, check. And this is what's scary. If Matthew Stafford gets in because he got a Super Bowl, that could keep a Philip Rivers out. Because Philip Rivers got the got the numbers, and people are saying, well, who I'm I'm a t- I, I'm not what I'm saying is BJ, or it could make it harder for Philip Rivers to get in because it's not like Philip Rivers played with Philip Rivers played with Ladainian Thomas in You know, you're talking about Vincent Jackson and those guys. I mean, uh, Antonio Gates. So what I'm saying is if Matthew Stafford is saying, look, man, I'm doing what I'm doing what other guys didn't do. Ben Rosberger, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowls. Talk about Eli Manning, two Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowls. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. You got to start saying to yourself, what is separating the good from the great? You can have, you can be a great player that didn't that didn't win that Super Bowl. I think if a guy like Matthew Stafford does win the BJ, yes, because he checks off. I think every other yes, box. Yes, and and I said this a couple of weeks ago when they first got into the playoff. Yes, I think Matt Stafford would be a Hall of Famer. As you said, he would have the milestones. And what what is he? I'm guessing he's what thirty. 334. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm guessing, but I would assume he has a couple of couple of more years. Oh, yeah. At I, mean, least he, I mean, if he, of, of course, of I mean, still, at a high got, level. still got so, three, four more years in him. Yes. Yeah. So theoretically, you know, barring injury or a sudden retirement, you're talking about under this hypothetical scenario, you're talking about at least one Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. I mean, with this team, uh, they're going to yeah, be one yeah, of the yeah, favorite. Yeah, with the Rams making okay. it even more prolific. You're yes. talking about moving closer to the top five in passing yards and passing touchdowns. I think if he wins a Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. And you would go, well, wait a second. Well, look at the stats. And my and I hate doing this. I hate like sharing my opinion, making a point, and then going back and bringing up a question that challenges my own point. But I guess the counter, if people would say Hall of Very Good, would be was Matt Stafford ever one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league? Is that a fair counter? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. It is a fair counter, but you, I look at it like this: even if he wasn't one of the two or three best, who did he win the Super Bowl? Who, I mean, when the, when other guys was in the in the league, like you're you saying to yourself, look, people are say well, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was a top fifty player, you know, never won a championship because he played with Mike. He had to play with Mike in them. So who you played around? But BJ yeah, played in the era of Brady, Rodgers, exactly. Rogers, so, so I, I, and the thing is too, if he gets a Super Bowl, he's in the same category with uh, with the Aaron Rodgers when you talk about Super Bowl appearances and wins. Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl appearance and he won. B. Ben Roethlisberger and those guys. Matthew Stafford is doing it with a Rams team that I think haven't been to the Super Bowl since they. Haven't haven't won a Super Bowl since the Rams beat the Titans in '99. They haven't won With a Super Kurt Bowl Warner, since. Isaac Brew, yeah. Now they they've been to a Super Bowl since they went they went against uh, Tom Brady in the 2000. But when you think about a Rams team now, and this is after the greatest show on greatest show on turf, they were awful. They've been bad. Like the greatest thing to, to say since 2000, what Todd Gurley for a couple of years. Sean McVay gets there. Do you talk about? Uh, when you talk about Jared Goff, went to a Super Bowl, they, they scored three points. That was that was Tom Brady's last Super Bowl, I think, uh win with with the with the Patriots. So I do I do think that when you think of what Matthew Stafford has done, let's face it, Aaron Donald understood understood how to win, but they knew we need a quarterback. And sometimes this is what I really think a, a, a Super Bowl, uh, I mean, a, a Hall of Fame is. Were you that missing piece? I do think Matthew Stafford was the missing piece because I think Cup and all those guys was already out there before he got out there. And you look at what he's done for the team. 
Now, BJ, he, but now, now, he's seeing, okay, I'm in the postseason. I got to get it done. Because no one's going to say, oh, he, they're almost not going to get there. Because once again, Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl during the time of Tom Brady and uh, Peyton Manning in the same division as him. And he still won it. So I think those type of things are factored. Once again, not just how you played, where you played, who was in the league and when you did it. And as long as uh, as long as long you said, look, man, I was in there with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, I do think those kind of things factor in, but – if he gets it done, man, yes, BJ, he will see him in his name because I think that's the last check, right? Like, never never was a first-team all-pro, right? Uh, has obviously led the league in passing yards. But, I think, but league. I think for quarterbacks, that's a tough standard because only that, one that, guy that, that, is going to be. That is, but it's almost like this. Look, I, I'll give you another name. Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl. He didn't win it. But I think Cam Newton is in a different category when we talk about the quarterback position and what he meant. He's not no sit-in-the-pocket statue, throw the football. 49, almost 50,000 yards passing, all, you know, and, and 12 all-time and passing touchdowns. That's got to mean something in an era because people go, it was a, it was a wide open passing league. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're going to have success doing a lot of guys got a lot of stats and no and no postseason accolades. I, I'm telling you, BJ, we all we pencil Phillip Rivers in. If Matthew Stafford wins this Super Bowl, that might be making it harder for Phillip Rivers to get in because they're going to say, well, he didn't win it. And – that to me, I think, uh, is a is a is a fair assessment when you talk about these quarterbacks because they've had opportunities. I'm talking about the ones that obviously got a shot to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Matthew Stafford, he wins Super Bowl, man. I think he gets out of the dark age. We got to start putting some more respect on that man. Got a man. ways to go though. Yeah, uh, obviously has to take care of business against a 49ers defense uh, that is just overwhelming people. I mean, what they did to Green Bay uh, and then the special teams as well, the block punt for a touchdown. So challenges are ahead, no doubt about that. And uh, people are going. Why are you even hype? You know, hypothesizing this. Well, we're just talking it out. Yeah. Not saying they're going to win this weekend. Yeah. And it, who knows? You know, may have to match up with Pat Mahomes uh, in the Super Bowl. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, he's not even in the consideration for no. the Hall of Fame. No. Like, Super Bowls mean different things. Some for certain guys, it's to validate. Uh, you know, uh, his position on his team. That's what. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo would do. For other guys like Matthew Stafford, it might be the no, combination of validation. Garoppolo is get him paid. About to be a free agent. He's going to get yet another. Humongous deal if he gets if he gets a championship. Jimmy Garoppolo is Tony Romo on that thing. Them boys getting that big money late in their careers. I ain't mad at them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be another big contract for Garoppolo. BJ Bennett, Ben Troop here with you. Glad to be with you. Three and out. Uh, we'll come back with more on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It's been a fun show today. Three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Uh, did want to mention Ben as we've gotten just a lot of great feedback and a lot of great uh, support with your book, Uncommon and Unfinished, uh, the Ben Troop story, which is always neat to hear from people and. Uh, you know, get their thoughts, good or bad. Just, just, just hear feedback from folks. We've gotten a lot of really meaningful feedback. But just want to remind folks, bentroop84.com. It's available uh, online with national retailers, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, uh, Target, Walmart. But bentroop84.com. You can get a signed copy. We'll give a, give away another book in a couple of days. I think you said we're going to do it up until the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know we have a lot of people who. Um, Call in anytime we do a giveaway. Just want to remind you, you can get a signed copy from Ben, uh, bentroop84.com. So keep that in mind. Yeah, BJ, it, it's humbling. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, uh, embarking on a journey like uh, writing a book and you never know, uh, you know, what it's going to end up. But then, if, you know, you start reaching out to people you haven't spoke to for years. that They start reaching back out to you. They start giving you feedback. And it's what you don't expect them to say. Obviously, we, we you know, uh, we went through the whole process, but... It's been so many people, too many people to name, but I appreciate everybody for reading the book. Like BJ said, feedback, good or bad, 
right, wrong, and different, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time. And like I said, BJ, it makes it all worth it when you start getting the feedback from these people, man. It be for people I ain't heard from in years. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, enjoying the book. Uh, you know, go to BenchU84.com, Uncommon Unfinished, The Bench You Store with BJ Bennett. And hopefully, man, uh, there'll be other books coming, man. But, I mean, listen, this first book is, de is definitely going to be the one that uh, set everything off, so I more than appreciate it. And a lot, lot of neat stories. I, ben, I don't think I'll ever forget you and I were down in the Neptune, uh, Neptune Beach, I think it is, Jack's Beach, and uh, we were at a bookstore visiting with the owner talking about the book, and uh, somebody walked in, I guess overheard you talking, they went up and said, are, are you Ben Troop? And I had his son with him. Yeah, he said, you're, yeah. you're our favorite player. You're, you're, you're our favorite player. You're right here in this bookstore. That was really cool for me, and I know it's always neat. Uh, as I've said, a lot of people know about you, the you know the football star, and a lot to, you know, a lot to, of course, celebrate there with all you've accomplished, but it's been really neat for me to get to – see people, hear from people who are learning more about your story, which is such an inspirational and powerful one. I'm just, all I'm going to say is, I, you know, I can't say thank you enough. To anybody that's thinking about embarking on a journey like this, I would say don't let your don't let your fears about what couldn't happen keep you from doing uh, doing this book. I mean, like you said, BJ, it's about it's about telling the truth, uh, and, it's, and it's about resonating with the people who's reading it. People know it. Your, my story is intertwined with a lot of people's stories, so I appreciate all the love and support, man. Like I said, man, BanjoBator4.com. Uncommon and Unfinished, the Ben Troop Store with B.J. Bennett. BenTroop84.com. We should have Kevin Thomas back here with us uh, tomorrow afternoon and a lot to talk about. The NFL draft, I know we're working on finalizing some interview times with some NFL draft prospects uh, from the region, which we hope we'll uh, have for you in the next couple of days, couple of weeks. But uh, we'll continue to talk about the draft. I know there was potentially a counter offer in the Major League Baseball lockout situation. We'll see if we can get some clarity on that. Uh, tomorrow as well, but we will see you tomorrow. Three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live on the web, ESPNCoastal.com.